2: Sling fit. And welcome back to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Glad to be with you for episode number 57. Here on Monday, November 13th, 2017, I am, of course, Joe Murata, alongside the unpredictable Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? howdy doody. What's going on, sir, as we trudge through
1: November here? Oh, you know, the Novembers. The the, dark month. Yeah. (laughs) eh, It's not that dark. It's a little
2: cold. A little dark. It's like brown because of the leaves. (laughs) It is. It's the brown month. It's very brown and orange month yeah well folks thank you so much for sticking with us here as we uh stampede our way towards thanksgiving and through the fall we are here of course why else to talk to you about the world whole world of it of retro the wrestling world. the world the and for the uh, next hour and a half or so hour and 42 possibly yes. we'll be doing just that before we get to any of that of course we have some administrative things to talk about if you haven't yet right now open up your twitter app or window on your browser there and follow us on twitter at OVP podcast you can also if you want to email us for whatever reason you can at podcast at gmail.com that is o vp podcast at gmail.com but the main place if you want to talk to the two of us and all of the crazy people that are part of the hijinks club over there is on the facebook group quinn
1: yes you can go find the facebook group at facebook.feed <laughs> and you search for our vantage point retro wrestling podcast yes and there you'll see it in the search yes right? you will you hit join mm-hmm. and then you're in that's it and basically you can go talk with the fans send pictures gifts whatever you want to do carry on eric
2: jokes carry on eric jokes it's possible people might be listening to us on soundcloud which is where we're hosted but that is not the place where you have to listen to us where else is there well there's uh itunes or apple
1: podcasts mm-hmm. and over there uh you can leave a review or hit the subscribe button and when you hit the subscribe button The podcast just kind of like teleports into your phone every week without you having to do anything. That's right. And if you leave a review, it helps us out a lot because it puts us up on the hot charts there. (laughs) The hot
2: charts. Yeah. So if you just leave those reviews, um, we also have a contest going on with that. We do have a contest where we're basically doing the OVP recommend a friend campaign where basically tell your friends about this show. And then have them leave us an iTunes review and say that they uh, were recommended by you. The people or the person with the most recommendations and reviews by the end of this season, episode 60, will win not only an OVT, yes, available at teespring.com slash OVP podcast, but a guest appearance on this show at a later date. So far... No one's winning.
1: Yeah, so anybody can uh, get in on it. You can really steal that victory. That's right. You We're getting near the can. end and still nobody has anything.
2: <laughs> this right. is one of
1: the oddest contests we've ever done because we've actually, like, this is the only one we've done where, like,
2: nobody did anything. I know. Yet. It's very strange, but, you know, we don't mind. Whatever. Yeah. Um, Quinn, so besides iTunes, where else are we? We're on Google Play Music. Yep. Stitcher. Mm-hmm. Otis.
1: Who
0: cares? <laughs> uh
2: POTUS, uh, yeah, POTUS uh, yeah, yeah, Remember really that? Shit. Yeah. CODIS. Anywhere where there's podcasts. Pretty much anywhere where there's podcasts. So a couple of shout outs real quick, too, because we have uh some friends of the show we want to shout out here. Number one, we have a little brother podcast. Yes. His name is uh Petey Winson. Pedro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he hosts GF Allentown, which stands for Good freaking Allentown. No, no, sorry. Uh, greetings from Allentown. Thank you, Quinn. Yes, greetings from Allentown. And it's a lonely show. Yes, very lonely. Just him by yeah. himself. <laughs> it's a great El show. El Pedro by himself <laughs> there. Vote for him. But uh, go check him out. He is on the pro wrestling only feed of the Place To Be nation.com. That is GF Allentown. Greetings from Allentown. There's another show, Friends of Us, uh, the wrestling podcast about nothing. Otherwise known as WPAN. Yeah, that's right. It is hosted by independent wrestling referee Mike Crockett and independent wrestler the kingpin Brian Malonis and they talk about whatever yeah, That's the whole totally, point of yeah, the show. it's just whatever. It's whatever the fans vote for. Yes, what it I've is. Noticed. That's correct. Yes. Random topics, good stuff. So go check out those two things. And also, if you go to our website, ovppodcast.com, you will find the links to everything that we've mentioned. Yes. But you will find something that is rather new within the last few weeks. That is our Patreon. Yes,
1: yeah, so up at the top of the page, you might see Patreon. What's Patreon? So if you click on that, you can choose different tiers to donate to the podcast monthly. Now, there's rewards. If you're above $3, which is one of the lower tiers... What a nice asking price, huh? Yeah, you get you get every month a video review from us. Yes, you do. Yes. We and- just released our first one on November 1st, a few weeks back. Yep, the first one is on there, mm-hmm. and
2: the more this grows, you know, the more content will be on this. Absolutely. We have ideas, we're yeah. trying things out. Yep. So go check out our Patreon if you want to donate, great. If you don't, hey, that's fine, too. We're just happy to have you here. Yep. And we're happy to talk to you about retro wrestling, so... As we get towards now the last part of this season, Quinn, we have been taking the fans all season long here for season six through a foundational series for this modern era. Yes. We started with, you know, Vince McMahon, of course, buying the WWF from his dad, and we've taken our fans all the way up through recently last week, the emergence and rise of ECW yes. in the early and mid nineties. Mm-hmm. However, Today, we're going to backtrack a little bit and get to the point of, well, why did ECW stand out so much? Yes, there's definitely a reason for that. That's a man tar. What is a man tar? Why was there an environment where these guys could thrive and stick out like a sore thumb? Michael Pro is the result of years of scientific research.
1: Yeah, because you would think, hey, there's two very large corporations running wrestling. How would there even be room for any (laughs) of this crap? Capital
2: Combat 19 with special appearance by RoboCop. If you remember a couple of weeks ago. We talked about how Vern Gagne's AWA was a sunken ship by 1990. It was done. Yeah, it was in ruins. It really was. And the AWA was part of the big three, as it was called. You know, the WCW, which had previously really been the NWA, the WWF, and then the AWA. So when they were gone, a couple of regional promotions had started up, like we mentioned, in 91. Mm -hmm. We had the emergence of Smoky Mountain. Right. We had the USWA in Memphis. Mm-hmm. We had Global, which we unfortunately reviewed last Very week. Very <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> in reviewed Dallas. And then on um, the Northeast had this little promotion out of Philadelphia, Eastern Championship Wrestling in nineteen ninety two later to be extreme championship wrestling by 94 exactly so in the midst of that crap that was going on in 1991 let's set real quick the table here the WWF first and foremost they were to the casual guy on the street that was wrestling in the mid to late 80s and into the 90s yeah for the most
1: part people they thought the WWF was what wrestling was like there was no other wrestling it was
2: all the WWF and Hulk Hogan undoubtedly a household name yep no doubt about it. People knew who Hulk Hogan was the same way you knew who Sonic the Hedgehog was a little bit later. Yeah. Super Mario, the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, he was just another character that kids knew
1: about. You exactly. know, and it was it was a household name. It was something your parents knew about. Yep oh
2: wrestling that's what Hulk Hogan does exactly Yeah. and even if that's all you knew that's what you knew about wrestling now by 1991 Quinn they had had their TV deal with NBC they were on, on um, late night television obviously replacing Saturday Night Live Yep. the last Saturday Night's main event on NBC aired in April of 91 because for the most part the WWF was losing its mainstream appeal by 91
1: oh definitely I mean nobody was really caring as much it wasn't like the 80s anymore let's put it that way
2: it wasn't like the 80s is the best way to put it yeah. you know whereas the boom that had begun in 1985 and really soared you know throughout the 80s especially yeah. 87 88 89 by 1990 91 wrestling was becoming kind of uh passe so to speak
1: yeah i mean starting around when the ultimate warrior defeated hogan at wrestlemania 6 that's kind of like kind of like how people will say that um you know wrestlemania 17 is the end of the attitude era yep that's
2: like the equivalent in the 80s the end of the golden era yeah
0: Splash one, two, and got
2: him! He got him! Unbelievable! The Warriors won the title! And what's interesting about it is that even though maybe widespread it wasn't as popular Mm -hmm. 1991 and 92 did produce some great wwf wrestling creatively they were creatively
1: popularity wise they were
2: not good years right they were not popular the way they had been and there's a a bunch of reasons for that and we could have a whole show where we talked about that i
1: would say that one of the primary reasons is just the fact that wrestling was considered still a fad it Mm -hmm. wasn't considered like Something that would last forever. Like, I kind of think people think of it now. It's like yes. wrestling will never go away. Yeah. But that was, we're saying that 30 years after the fact or right. whatever. However, at this point in time, it was just something that existed for like five or six years. Yeah. And you know, they're like, okay, I guess this is done.
2: Yeah, exactly. This isn't popular anymore. Yeah. I mean, hell, even Beatlemania was only like two years at the yeah. most.
0: Eric, 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 here. here is uh, the American Bob. I'm John. You're John.
2: John's a joke. Everything is only popular for, on that scale yeah. for a short amount of time. Right.
0: Get up with the new kids on the block Saturday morning.
2: But here's what's interesting. This really kind of compounded their problems. Yeah. In the end of 1991, a doctor by the name of George Zahorian. Oh, yeah, I know him. <laughs> a Pennsylvania doctor was indicted for steroid distribution. Now, anabolic steroids by 1991 were not legal in fact they had not been legal since 1988 right i don't know if people know this quinn but wrestlers (laughs) look like they use steroids in that period of time pretty sure they do use steroids (laughs) joe yeah no shit what an, in, what an insightful observation. <laughs> you ever see, like, Don Morocco in yeah. 1987? And this was a guy that people had gotten these steroids from, allegedly, of course. <laughs> now, let's take a minute here. Yes, Dr. Zahorian, you might remember
1: him from championship wrestling in the 80s. He was always the ringside physician. The
0: doctor in attendance at ringside, Dr. George
1: Zahorian.
2: Yes, in Allentown and in Hamburg, Pennsylvania. So he was no stranger
1: to the World Wrestling Federation. Certainly not. He was kind of the official doctor for quite a long time.
2: The ringside doctor for as far back as uh, the late 70s, I think. And we, we were familiar with them even in 82.
1: So needless to say, his fingerprints were all connected
2: and tied and all on top of the WWF. Absolutely. And at some point in time, it was figured out that, oh, this guy can just supply the wrestlers with steroids anytime that they're in Pennsylvania and he's the doctor yep. eventually someone was tipped off to that and he was indicted and he was on trial and it was kind of a scary thing for the WWF because now Vince McMahon's empire which is already kind of feeling the effects of the pop culture train running away yeah now Oh my god, what happens if they find out that Hulk Hogan was using steroids? Ultimate Warrior was using Randy Savage, blah blah blah, right? So basically what happens is the public, of course, picks up on this, the news outlets pick up on it, the tabloids pick up on it, and throughout the beginning of 1992, all of a sudden now there's sex scandals going on at WWF.
0: A lot of men saying that there's a good deal of gay sex abuse underway in the world of wrestling.
1: Yeah, there's all sorts of nonsense. I mean, WWF on Donahue and yes, all this with nonsense. <laughs> Dave Meltzer's very big hair.
0: Well, I think that that's uh, wrestling in general has never gotten its due um, recognition as far as um, and it's popular today, Junior.
1: So WWF's kind of getting picked on by the mainstream media. It's yes, like, they are. It's like, oh, look at all this horrible stuff they did. They, You know, they're, they're all snorting cocaine yep. and sex scandals <laughs> and steroids.
2: And honestly, you look at it and you're like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah, everyone knew
1: this. I, you know it might sound bad but i think people just didn't give a shit like they, they did it, it while it was happening no and then cared. like once it was like not popular anymore people like to pick on things right absolutely They're like oh
2: wrestling's stupid look <laughs> at all the stupid stuff they yeah. did like and then you got this idiot murray hodgson being like uh, mr mcmahon you had a two-year contract with me yeah remember that idiot yeah i remember him i would
0: like to remind you sir that i have a two-year contract
2: so basically, the WWF is taking a beating as we head into 1992. In the press, at in least. the press,
1: did the biggest star in pro wrestling get to the top by using dangerous drugs? It
2: was a bear shit in the woods. Their product, creatively, like we mentioned, is very good, but you know that's not going to carry the mainstream audience. You know that's not going to keep it afloat. Yeah, and it didn't. Here's the interesting thing: Hulk Hogan, you know, conveniently. Steps down during these steroid allegations with Zahorian. That you know, that's <laughs> such a Hogan thing. I'm gonna retire, brother.
1: If you think about like how Hulk Hogan is, it's like, oh, brother, this ship's sinking. I'm just gonna get out of here yeah. and go make Mister Nanny or some <laughs> shit. It's like, fuck them. Which like he
2: did. Yeah. So now that WWF for the rest of '92 is without its biggest star, its guy. Yeah. Since 1984 is now gone for the first time. Yeah. So, WWF, needless to say, throughout 1992, with with a great creative product, I mean, I love 92. Oh,
1: it's one of the best years, but you can start to see it sinking around like Survivor Series. Like, that's when all they become like creatively bankrupt essentially, like, after that. (laughs) Yep.
2: So much so that shortly after the Royal Rumble of 1993, which we don't have time to get into, but if you know my thoughts on it, I don't mind it as much as Quinn. Let's just put it that way. It (laughs) stinks. I like it a real lot. And, uh, They bring back Hulk Hogan in February of 93. They put him in a big match at WrestleMania 9, a very lowly regarded WrestleMania, if you're not familiar with it. Horrible WrestleMania. I don't like it. Once again, I am much more tolerant of it than Quinn. Uh, (laughs) However, it's not good. No, it's not. It's
1: not like one of the better WrestleManias, regardless if you like it or not. It's not. Compared to
2: like the previous eight, it's horrible. You're absolutely 100% right. Yeah. Worse would follow, in my opinion, but it was pretty bad. Anyway, Hogan walked out of that WrestleMania in April of 93... in Caesar's Palace with the world title again so all of a sudden the guy that had stepped down a year before amidst the PR beating that he was taking that the company was taking now he's the champion again just because he showed up basically basically, yeah yeah. and you know how that went went over nobody liked it like a lead balloon yeah because he didn't defend the freaking title at all on television he didn't appear on television he wasn't gonna like work for them not on TV and like in the spotlight and hogging it all up (laughs) hogging exactly so we call him Hulk Hogan yeah so King of the ring he loses the title he's never seen on television again and as the wwf creeps into 1994 no hogan yet again yeah <laughs> the company now is being buoyed really by Bret hart right he's one of the only good things they have Shawn michaels razor ramon yeah the, the, uh, the latter man a, ca- a cast of ca- yeah the latter man
1: <laughs> a cast of characters essentially yes. like um like an ensemble trying to keep this going
2: like even diesel lex luger yeah. like just a bunch of guys But no huge star. Right. And here's the thing. WWF's not on primetime television in 1993 or four. They are not on network television in 1993 or 1994. Right. No one likes them. And here's another reason why. In November of 1993, Vince McMahon, the same Vince McMahon that we mentioned, how he purchased the company from his dad. Going back to part one. (laughs) He's indicted for conspiring to distribute steroids mm-hmm. mm. so we have a trial in the summer of 1994 now i don't know quinn if people have noticed this but 1994 not a good year
0: wait till duke the dumpster Josie comes to the world wrestling
1: federation it starts strong exactly But once vince gets pulled into this ah.
2: everything that the wheels fall off the the cart here so much so that apparently Vince was preparing to have Jerry Jarrett be his puppet if he got thrown in jail and he would run the WWF from prison with Jarrett, Jerry Jarrett at the helm. What? What? <laughs> Like, first of all, fuck Jerry. No,
1: but not even just that. That's how important this is to him, that he's making plans that (laughs) he's going to book wrestling in a jail cell. (laughs) Why? Why don't you just not try to go to jail? (laughs) That's insane to me, like on on a weird level that he cares that much that yeah, he I needs know. to make sure that he books the company like while he's in a jail
2: cell so um, <laughs> you're right so amidst uh, witnesses such as Rowdy Piper Rick Rude and Nails Hulk, <laughs> Hulk Hogan is the star witness for the prosecution but he doesn't actually incriminate McMahon in any way shape or form I need to hold the phone there for a
1: second go ahead why would they trust an ex-convict like Nails <laughs> as, a, as a witness
2: very good point yeah. he actually did say that he hated Vince McMahon right at that trial. he's a horrible witness he is a horrible witness Hogan does doesn't actually do anything to make McMahon look bad. McMahon gets off in July of nineteen ninety four. He's acquitted and happily ever after. But is it really well we'll find out as we continue the WWF send of things next week. But now to WCW. Yep. Okay? <laughs> so Their competition, right, WWF, is just going down and down and down. You would think this would be a great moment for WCW to capitalize, right? Like, okay,
1: Vince is like, he's busy doing other shit. Right, Zahorian. you know, hindsight, we know he gets
2: out of it, so that's fine and all. Right. But this should be a window for WCW, shouldn't it? But in WCW fashion, they fuck it up in the most WCW of ways, starting with, in July of 1991, firing Ric Flair. (laughs) Yeah, know. you know, only, like,
1: whereas the WWF is like, just scratching and clawing to keep their biggest draw they're like oh fuck that guy like the guy that makes us all the money let's just fire him because WCW
2: and that was Jim Hurd that did that you might know him as the pizza hut man he's the pizza
1: man (laughs) if if, if Razor Ramon's the ladder man he's the pizza man
2: and he had been there since January of 89 and apparently hadn't learned a fucking thing if he's gonna be firing (laughs) Ric Flair in 1991 it it was his brilliant idea of the ding dongs if I recall I think that was him as well yes and PN News was probably his doing yeah so anyway he's gone by the end of 91 early 92 and we have a guy named Kip Fry and he is slightly better. And that's like <laughs> saying something, because basically what was going on <laughs> in WCW is a whole lot of nothing. There's some decent angles, but if WWF doesn't matter publicly, WCW even less so. Right, but it was also a lot of backstage stuff was
1: causing their issues. A revolving door of bookers and yes, people in control, like exactly.
2: um, Bill Watts like yes. control, being a booker. See, that's a thing. So after Kip Fry, yeah, who had a short stint in 1992... We have Bill Watts. Now, Bill Watts, first of all, he opened the door. Yeah, this is that's actually the origin story of him coming into WCW. If you've ever heard Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> Open the door. Uh, yeah. Bill Watts opened the door, and he walked through, brother, and came out of the shining light. But he took this shit back down in
1: 1978 yeah it was terrible like no top rope and like right. all, like no mats for some right, reason yeah, like no what the mats. what the hell kind of <laughs> approaches this like it's like instead of the taking the product into the 90s like everyone like it was it's right. the beginning of the 90s everyone wants to i'm taking the
2: product into the 90s right Ugh. he's like oh let's take it back to the 70s fuck, fuck right. that like because what better way to compete with a wwf than act like you're in 1976 yeah
0: and that's when if you come off the top rope and your man is laying prone
2: on the mat, and you drive your knee into his head or his throat, it's a flagrant violation. What the hell was that? I don't know.
1: I, I, and you know, like, it wasn't that bad. It just wasn't. No. It was like, why? Like, it's just right. unnecessary.
2: Now, again, can you find um, good bursts of creative throughout WCW 91, 92? Yeah, you can. Yeah, I mean, There's they had good the Dangerous stuff. Alliance. Exactly. And Sting. Rick Rude's run as far as a singles wrestler. Yep, Sting, yeah. Cactus Jack, yeah. Vader. There's great stuff, but the problem is here is that no one cares publicly as much as they had a couple of years earlier. Well, because if they don't, like you said, if they don't care about WWF, they don't care about WWF Jr. Exactly. That's the main thing here. Yeah. If you can't care about the company that had Hulk Hogan in it, the company that was wrestling, who the hell cares about WCW? But here's a guy that did care. In early 1993, a junior announcer basically the awa's sean mooney yes he literally came from the awa and as many people know the weekend of february
0: 10th both professional boxing champions and Larry Zabisco, then heavyweight champion of the world traveled to tokyo japan to- who cares
2: he's promoted now to the position of executive vice president of wcw and his name is eric bischoff and you know what he does in 93 Nothing good. His ninety three is awful from a creative standpoint. Yes, but that's we didn't talk about this. But before
1: WCW financially Mm -hmm. was like the worst thing ever. Yes, because they didn't have to care financially, right? They didn't. They were owned by a big parent company that made billions of dollars, right? You mean Ted Turner? Yeah. However, if Ted Turner says one day I want to get rid of this company. And WCW's like we don't make any money. Then he has more of a reason to get rid of him, right? Bischoff yes. kind of realized this and said, "Hey, we got to make this like actually be a business profitable business that makes money." Yes. So he did a couple things. Um, first and foremost, the the biggest known thing is he moved to MGM Studios, yes, Universal did. Studios, whatever. The Disney tapings. The Disney tapings, yep. right? To mm-hmm. save money because they weren't making any money touring around. No, they were. They were losing. No one was going to their shows. Right. So he, that's actually a brilliant idea. He's one of the first to do it. Yep, it was, they it was paid smart. him to film the television programs in their studios. Yep. So he, that's a brilliant idea. Yep. Second of all, he attempts to go and sign Hulk Hogan. Mm -hmm. which he hadn't yet in 93 not 93 but i mean like that was like his goal like his his end goal of all this correct so get talent is basically Mm -hmm. the goal right absolutely right ultimately another thing bischoff does is overall he streamlines everything not we said the taping but like every everything to the point where he like renegotiates deals with how like turner home video work correct and how and how they would like Turner to be on TV and all this nonsense. He Mm -hmm. basically made it so that Turner had to pay them WCW as a separate entity to be on TV, which was ridiculous that it wasn't negotiated that way in the first place. All this stuff adds up, and all of a sudden,
2: is turning a profit by the end of 93. Exactly, and that's a great way to button this up, Quinn. Perfect, because whereas the WWF was creatively well-regarded in 1991 and 1992, despite no one caring, Bischoff's 1993 WCW is created very very poor but behind the scenes he was laying a foundation yes for what was to come and what did come as we wrap up here is in the summer of 1994 while vince mcmahon is getting ready to go on trial eric bischoff does finally achieve his goal and in june of 1994 he signs hulk hogan
0: you know something mean g we're on nationwide tv brother wcw and hulk hogan all my Hulkamaniacs
2: are on tv with us right now and that would pave the way for wcw who had previously been wwf jr to finally be the number one wrestling company in the world back after this
0: Here in the World Wrestling Federation, we have many superstars, some of whom have even become superheroes, all of whom recognize their responsibility as role models to just say no to drugs. (laughs) Therefore, it should come as no surprise to you that the WWF has one of the most comprehensive drug testing, education, and rehabilitation programs in all of sports. This program will now be expanded to include testing for anabolic steroids. In short, the standards of excellence the athletes in the WWF live by will become the standard-bearer for all professional sports for years to come. That's why when you see this symbol, you can be assured of drug-free sports entertainment that you and your entire family can be proud of. Get on your hands and knees like a dog. That's it! Hi, this is Jameson. Remember me? Yeah, me neither. You're listening to our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast.
1: It's the
2: best. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you for being with us for episode number 57 here on Monday, November 13th, 2017. Quinn. Yes. It's time for Mount Rushmore and Death Valley. We're really excited <laughs> about this one right now. Each week, we will put four of the best of something onto Mount Rushmore, and four of the worst go down into the desert of Death Valley. Quinn, you know, I saw it back on Twitter a few weeks back. Someone said, reverse Mount Rushmore. What is that? It's called Death Valley. We were like the pioneers. <laughs> yeah, of Death Valley. Yes, we were. Yeah. We definitely were. So <laughs> this is a suggestion. And at any time, you can go to our website, ovppodcast.com. And you can go to the suggestions section. It's a Google sheet. And you can type in anything you'd like us to talk about. And we will do our best to get to it. Yes, we will. So this one is from a big fan of ours, Mr. AJ Smith. And this is the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of New World Order members. <laughs> oh, this, God. I am I'm very excited about this. That's this why is, we couldn't keep it together as we started this.
1: <laughs> we were talking before this, and it's, like, insane <laughs> how many people... Okay, I just want to start off here by saying, according to the Wikipedia page... Mm-hmm. There is a total of 62 members in the history of the New World Order. 62, that's all? Yeah, it seems
2: low. <laughs> However, there's like a zillion different versions of the NWO. also. Yeah, this will be fun. Uh, we have to narrow it down to the four best and four worst. I so have a feeling the best is going to be much easier and... <laughs> One thing I do, I do want to say here is for anyone not familiar, the NWO, the New World Order, was a stable. Of course, it was uh, most popular and most effective in 1996, yes. and 1997. And basically, its whole MO was it was like a gang. It was like a gang who was taking
1: over a company, right? Yeah. And over the years, there was other <laughs> NWOs. That's so bad. Not only just like other NWOs, right. but then there was like different um types of spin-offs yes. like goofy shit like lwo and bwo uh, right and then like even nowadays like still the bullet club is like a fake nwo basically it's
2: essentially the same thing yeah and it was influential there wouldn't probably have been a dx without the nwo right uh but in my opinion and the opinions of you know the ratings it only really worked one time and that would be the first time right so for the best obviously It has to be. I mean, this is take your pick for number one, but I mean, you got... Scott Hall who was right. the first invader we talked about this during the yes. jumping ship segment Yeah, last when the week. mauler
1: was mauling his opponent yes. and Scott Hall came out in a gene suit and,
2: yeah. like, <laughs> and said he was like I'm taking over Yeah, or you people know who I am you yeah. don't know why I'm here Bill you know they're not nacho man that whole thing yeah, right yeah and then obviously a couple weeks later Kevin Nash Diesel shows up and he's like look at the adjective yeah yeah, <laughs> and yeah he, he said that wrong and then for like a month they're both like we're gonna have a third guy and it's gonna be really bad for you guys WC cw because we're the wwf or something yeah and then you know? they like almost beat
1: up the entire company with baseball <laughs> bats just the two of them somehow like oh like literally there was like a point where it was the two of them and the whole roster was in the ring and they were like all afraid of them you
2: remember that yeah the nash threw um ray mysterio into a trailer one day that was funny that was funny too uh but obviously the third man was revealed on july 7th 1996 that being hawk hogan yep he became then Hollywood Hulk Hogan, uh-huh. and he was a big jerk for the rest of time. Right, as a heel. Right, and those three guys were the initial nucleus of the NWO. Right, I think controversial, maybe Quinn, mm-hmm. but because of the way it revitalized Hulk Hogan's career, because of the way Hall and Nash were the reason it worked to begin with. Yes, because they were just in the WWF, like literally like, right before, like a cup of coffee ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. I think it might be time for our first ever triple induction.
1: <laughs> you think? And then I I, <laughs> yeah. I think it's actually gonna be a long debate
2: on the fourth. That's the thing, because these three there's no how could it not be these three?
1: Yeah, it's like ridiculous like to even discuss anyone <laughs> yeah. besides these three people because they are the NWO. Like they, they like, are. They made like other incarnations where it was just this this
2: three. Yes, the three guys, including the WWF in 2002. Right, exactly. And it worked because that is what really was the whole nucleus of the NWO. Right. So are we doing a triple induction? Fine. Yeah, just like I'm only doing the sound effect once.
1: One sound. (laughs) We don't need three sound effects. No, no, no.
2: So for number one, two and three, and we'll just put them in chronological order. Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Hulk Hogan, the first three spots. What do you think of for number 4? Give me one.
1: Well, I always thought the giant, the actual fourth man was pretty good, like as far as a pick and when it was the most effective and everything.
0: The giant has just shocked the wrestling world.
1: And like when the giant joined, it made them seem like completely unstoppable because here was like the monster of WCW, nobody could beat him. True. You know, I know Hogan, well, Hogan did. I know. Well, he's with Hogan. So now he's like, who the hell is going to beat this guy? Yeah,
2: that's fair. The only thing I would have to say in the Giants' disfavor is that it didn't really last long. He didn't do anything well, while he was there. Well, that's actually
1: why I like the Giant, because the Giant not only is the first, like, additional member, mm-hmm. he's also the first person to leave the NWL, which nobody ever did True. at that point. True. So he kind of set, like, a precedent, like, oh new people can join and people can leave too yeah okay because we, we thought that they would always say nwo for life and i just and <laughs> you it, took that seriously huh no but i, so I took it <laughs> seriously because if you looked about it, at the damn thing about how it grew or whatever it's like literally these people would just join the nwo and they'd always be in the nwo it, it didn't matter but the giant right. was like the one lone guy who like left
2: really early on yeah they kicked him out in december 96 i would have to say though Another candidate for, and because it set the tone of this being ex guys, was when Ted DiBiase was revealed to be like their financial backer. That was cool. In the it, summer.
1: The billionaire
2: Ted instead hey, of
1: Million Dollar Man. Right? That, that was mean, awesome.
2: It was a nice callback because another guy that had just recently been in the WWF uh, back in May. Right. He was Austin's manager. And then here he is in August, and now all of a sudden he's a member of the NWO. However, I would really make a strong case, and I guess you can agree or disagree michael for the fourth guy the reason it still worked and kept steam throughout 1996 in 97 was when eric bischoff was revealed
0: this guy here was the foundation of the wcw now he works for the NW.
1: here's the thing with eric bischoff in i November. guess he, he would be like he's like the I'm going to pronounce this wrong. You're going to kill me, but the this Ex Machina of the NWO. Yes, like basically the, the what I mean by that is like, <laughs> like why he's the explanation for like why doesn't they just fire him like all the, the NWO people like well, yeah but like,
2: the, the the subtle storytelling though is that he initially was again he wasn't in on it the whole time right he even explains this like eventually he was like fuck it. Yeah, I'm going to just join these guys because I see what's going to happen if I try to fight them.
1: Right. The only thing with Eric Bischoff, the big plot hole with that is Eric Bischoff has bosses, too. Why don't they just fucking fire Eric Bischoff? Like, don't they touch upon that, though? Doesn't Harvey Schiller make appearances? That's, and, like, much later. Yeah, it's, like, like, way too like, late. And it's about other things. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. when WCW itself as a company sucks. Like, <laughs> and yeah, it's, why like, not even kayfabe. It's, like, really, they are, like, sending him home, and they're just, like, writing him
2: off. No, that's like, before that. But but you're right, though. You're right. But why didn't, like, Ted Turner just show up and be like, get the hell out of here? <laughs> get the hell
1: out of my company. Like,
2: <laughs> fuck you. Like, <laughs> that, okay, fine. But you have to also say this, though. Without heel eric bischoff i don't know that mr mcmahon would have worked what that's do you think? true no that's true i'm just saying in kayfabe it was always like really bizarre that like yeah it was bizarre yeah but i think that gave that that angle some light la- i mean believe me by mid 97 i was already tired of it yeah and it lasted much longer right but i'm gonna hold bischoff close to my chest here as number uh four but you feel free to throw another one out i there, another Michael. one for you yes go ahead what about the macho man uh why that, i mean what did he do
1: well because the whole thing at first was that like macho was initially feuding with them as but, always
2: he hates hogan
1: yes. yeah but at the same time when he joined the nwo i always thought it it added an uh an air of like holy shit like the mega powers are like in the end like how could they be beat now like this is awesome like <laughs> wasn't
2: he always mad anyway at hogan while he was in the nwo it was like this I weird swear. like
1: it was this weird like like, subtle, like, alliance. <laughs> yeah. I like, like, didn't like them ever. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, like, subtle, like, it's like how the mega, the mega Powers handshake. It's like, you know they don't really trust each other, but, eh, if they work together... It's True. awesome. Like, you know, yeah. I just, I always thought that was cool. Like that the macho man was in the NWO. Now, what about six?
2: Because again, a, a former WWF guy. That was guy cool too, yeah. Paved the way for the X-Pac character. Right. And again, it's not like he did tons of shit while he was there. Yeah. But at the same time, it, it was another one just like DiBiase. Mm-hmm. Where it was like, okay, these are former WWF guys. This is this matters now. This right. is something that we want to take notice of. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if six is as effective as say the Giant. I don't know if either of them are as effective as Bischoff, though. Yeah. I get I get where you're going with the Giant, but his tenure was so short. Yeah, it was just... It seemed, like, impactful, is my point. It was to an extent,
1: because he had been the guy that Hogan had beat for the title, but Bischoff... It, it also set the precedent, though, that, yeah. like,
2: anybody could really join the NWL, besides, like, the core group. Yeah, no, I I, I agree, but Bischoff, Quinn. I'm, yeah. I'm still holding him, but if you have another to throw at me, I don't I can't think of anyone better. I mean,
1: really, it's... it's it's between giant. I think Randy Savage was a big deal.
2: It was a big deal, but it didn't mean anything in the long run. I guess when the, you're thinking in the long run, I'm just thinking of
1: like a lot of this. I'm thinking of like when they joined, right? It seemed like, wow, the mega powers are like together in the NWL. Like, holy crap. Okay. Okay. What about the
2: fact that they had a, uh, a referee in their pocket then? That was cool, too. That played into a lot of storylines. Right. right. Including the Randy Anderson one where, Master Bashoff, Yeah. Oh, God, that <laughs> Give thing. him my job back. <laughs> but to have Nick Patrick, who's one of our favorite refs, you know, we love Nick Patrick. Right. Great ref. To have him now be a big heel. I mean, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Danny Davis. Nick Patrick actually did this whole thing better. Yes, he no, was better than he, Danny he Davis, was, and he
1: even wore the neck thing <laughs> during it. Remember that he just looked like a douchebag. Here's some like unsung ones, and I know like a lot of people probably like are just gonna say you're crazy, Quinn. Play it for but, laughs. Event. But um, <laughs> one of them is Miss Elizabeth was always interesting to me, like. Now, was she in there without Savage? She was Savage? in there without Savage at first. And I always thought it was, first of all, it was cool that there was like a, a woman in the NWO. There wasn't like any at the time. And right. that they were using it to like play off of like to piss off Savage, which Flair had already done. Mm-hmm. But like, but now she was like kind of. She played this two thing, like where she was evil, but also she acted like she was held hostage. Do you right. Remember yeah, that? I like do. it was I like. They, they played her really weird. And I just. She was always a, cons- a consistent thing in the NWO from the beginning to the end. She was like there most of the time. True. The other one that I thought because it actually helped the guy, because no one gave a shit about this guy until the NWO, and mm-hmm. he kind of made a
2: career out of it Conan.
0: Arriba la raza! Huh.
2: Okay, that's an interesting turn, actually, because yeah. Conan, yeah, who gave it? I remember him, you probably do, too, from, like, yeah. Dungeon of Doom Conan. Right, yeah. And he sucked. Yeah. Remember that?
1: Conan was, like- <laughs> was one of the biggest beneficiaries of yeah. the NWO. Yes. Like, his whole career was made off it and he like t- changed into that, like Viva La Raza character or whatever. Unfortunately, like, yes, which I kind of thought he, he was one of the cooler guys to
2: me in the NWO at the time. And then he was in Lucha and then he, he died, but they never said that he died and for don't sure. Don't Bring that up. He might've died. He's not dead. They never I, said it. I got one more Quinn. I'm, what? S- I'm still holding close to Bischoff, but here's one that might give Bischoff in my mind, a run for his money. Yeah. Because it was mainstream. It mattered. It helped WCW, the company, and it was kind of cool in a kayfabe sense. Dennis Rodman.
0: But the NWO is the new team
1: of the
2: future. Sweet. I know that sounds dumb. Yeah, but he added the celebrity factor. I see what you're saying. And and irrelevant. He was relevant. You're right. He was a basketball player at the time. Yeah. They milked that for more than one year. Remember, they did it in 97 and 98. Yeah. No, and he kept coming
1: back. What's interesting about the people we're saying here, right? Mm-hmm. I think we said the giant, right? Yes. Six. Yep. Miss Elizabeth Bischoff. Um, Savage. Savage. Dennis Rodman. Dibiase. And Conan. Yep. Dibiase. Those like we that was like seven guys we just yeah, heard, yeah. And, and a lady. Uh huh those are the people I always think of with the NWO. Like those like in a good way, in a good way. Like (laughs) they're the other people. I, and I know miss Elizabeth's a little on the edge, but I still like, she was just always there. Like I was just kind of like, Oh, well, miss Elizabeth's just in the NWO. That's just what it is. True.
2: All right. If I'm doing eliminations, the first one to go is Elizabeth.
1: Uh, Yeah, I would say so too amongst all these people. But I, I do give like respect to it because it was a different element to miss
2: Elizabeth there. Then I'd say probably drop DiBiase or six or giant. Dibiase and Six probably would
1: go next, and then I don't know about just dropping the Giant yet. I think he's at the same level as like Savage. So if we got Giant and Savage, Conan, Bischoff, and Rodman, yeah, Uh, Rodman (laughs) would go first because the celebrity was just like an extra thing. I thought Conan, like I was like really surprised how the longevity of like what that did for him.
2: Okay, so we'll we'll drop Rodman. I get what you're saying because it was for the celebrity appeal. Yeah, drop the Giant. Really. Okay. And I'd say drop Savage between Conan and Bischoff. Yeah. Wouldn't you think? Yeah,
1: I mean, honestly, like those were the two people. They actually, surprisingly Conan's in the conversation, but like those are the two people. Like Bischoff was kind of like you know, basically, still like Sean Mooney before, like I, you know what I he mean? He was like, like he was like nobody. He like, was nobody, and then like Conan, the same thing. He was just like this goofy, like he Dungeon was the U.S. champion once, like yeah, like no one cared, and then all of a sudden Conan was like a fixture of W.C.W. and the nineties in general.
2: Yeah, the only way that's beneficial is if you're a Conan fan,
1: right? But I like I actually liked him at the time. I don't know. I know you didn't, but I stinks. I I, I,
2: perpo- I like honestly thought he was good. I look. I I get the spirit in which we're considering him. Yeah, but I, I would honestly have to say, without it being Eric Bischoff Quinn, yeah. the angle that gave, look, Hogan obviously was the the straw that stirred the drink. Right, but Bischoff like gave you another round. Right, you know he was the bartender. Basically, you could do more uh, storyline because wise you had with Bischoff. Bischoff, so it kind of trumps
1: like any benefits to like a career per se. I would think so. Yeah.
2: Okay, and it, it helped Bischoff. Come back a few years later in WWF and play a very similar character. Right. It gave his career a boost that it wouldn't have had as an on-screen performer. Yeah. I would have to say Bischoff
1: for number four. I'll just say one more. And I know like it might it probably won't be over Bischoff, right? Do I dare ask. (laughs) But what about Big Papa Dump? Like nobody gave a shit about Scott Steiner on his own. And then he was like the world (sighs) champion because of the NWO.
2: Yeah, but I wouldn't call that a good thing. He's
1: not good. Well, hold on. Hold the phone for one second. When he was, like, at the apex of his run, when he initially got pushed as, like, being one of the more prominent NWO people, he was awesome. Like, he was this powerhouse, but he also had, like, a weird, like, flamboyant thing going on with him, like, where he was, like, all flash, and he would pose. And
2: yeah, he was he, Billy he, Graham. Basically, he had, a ca- he
1: had a catchphrase that was popular. Holla if you hear me. Big Papa Pump is your hookup, like all that stuff. What
2: was he hooking you up with? I couldn't remember. Was uh, it his muscles? Was I it don't... Drugs or women?
1: <laughs> I always thought there was some weird
2: drugness to was it. it. Drugs or women?
1: <laughs> probably
2: both. Well, drugged he, up women, probably. Uh, he had
1: Medasia, and if he was Ew. in the NWO, he probably had Elizabeth by his side too, because she was always
2: there. So probably had syphilis. I would have to say. Eric Bischoff. Okay. I, yeah. I, no, it's got, I, I know.
1: I just wanted to like throw it out there. Give Cause again, it's another like, whoa, this guy was garbage. And then he was in the NWO, and he was actually good, which is like, you can't say that about a lot of people. That's man. true. Like
2: I agree. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But for number four Bischoff, yeah. For what it did for him and right. the angle and the company. Yeah. All right. Eric Bischoff for number four. So to recap for Donnie, our Mount Rushmore of NWO members is pretty basic. You know, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Hollywood Hogan, and Eric Bischoff, the core of the group in a lot of ways. Well, Quinn, I got to pick first for the best. What are you thinking for the worst? Um, Like Michael Wall Street, like, for example. <laughs> like, why? Why?
1: He always sucked. Like, he was never good. I wanna... he, to me, is like the beginning of, like, the Z tier <laughs> of the NWO, like you it's like what? holy shit, like what the hell? For some,
2: for some reason, I was always an IRS fan. Now yeah. <laughs> Quinn wasn't. Quinn and I were watching Halloween Havoc '89 recently. <laughs> oh yeah, and you're like, wow, he was bad all along. And and Michael, um, Mike Rotundo, mm-hmm. Mike Rotunda from the Varsity Club, Captain, who, yeah, Rotunda. not the boat captain yet, the, yeah. the team captain was wrestling. Ah, uh, the Z Man <laughs> <laughs> in the opener. And I was like, I had a revelation. I was like, holy shit, Quinn. He was always this bad. Yes, he was never good. (laughs) You're right. And like,
1: literally, his character... Be prior to this, like just immediately prior. Not I'm not talking about IRS or anything. He was like a businessman yeah, or something, Michael Wall Street. And he had like money trunks, and he was awful. He was like a bad Ted DiBiase, and he joins the NWO. And I remember, Why? well, <laughs> here's the thing: is I remember at the time when he joined, it's like he joined and like nobody even cared. Like it was like yeah, it's the true. most like unimpactful thing.
2: When he joined, it was bad, and when Big Bubba joined, it was bad. Ray right, He was
1: right after. Him. Yes. It was actually it might have been at the same time it because was. it was it
2: says it says here December 96 right. for both of them. It's when they got fucking Scott Norton and Masachino that yeah. same time period. You know what's hilarious? It says they
1: were contractually removed from the group in April of 97. What?
2: You, you know what that means? It was basically like they wanted to find a reason to get to some of these people <laughs> out <laughs> they didn't of even the NWL like probably do
1: an on-screen reason right. to get them out like they're just so useless. Just get them the hell they out of here. They the
2: worst people. They're they're really bad. But
1: it is You know, this is saying something about the NWO. They might not be the worst people.
2: Well, Horace Hogan was in it. I'm Horace
1: Hogan. Yeah, Horace Hogan. What do you think about that? I'm Horace Hogan. Like, Horace Hogan (laughs) is terrible. (laughs) Yeah, what was he doing? This one's one's kind of sad, but it's also like, I don't even know why they initially made the decision. Louis
2: Spicoli that was sad yeah i don't want to put him in just be on principle but
1: why was he in the nwo like, i don't know why the fuck did that happen
2: you know what that always reminds me of though in all seriousness what when dusty joined well, for no he reason was right afterwards that like, was horrible
1: yeah actually dusty it's so weird the way you're remembering this stuff because like dusty literally the same month joined yeah, february the of 98 january or i'm
2: not even looking at the thing yeah january i why like that, that was so stupid can we make that number one? In all seriousness, and here's why: Look, a lot of them really did nothing. Mm-hmm. That one not only did nothing; it was unnecessary.
1: It was just because they were like trying to say, like, "Oh, look, the traditional." WCW people are joining NWO. Yeah. And, but Dusty was like long since retired and he like hosted Prime and shit. Like, yeah, he was like, an who cares?
2: Like, January of 98, we're still doing this. Like, people are joining the NWO shit. 98! <laughs> well, it's January, to be fair. To be fair, Mike Tyson's in the WWF right now with Steve Austin and Dusty Rhodes. Uh, I don't want to be and WCW anymore, that ass. Well, I, I mean,
1: shit. here's the thing is you're, you talk about Dusty. I can't put anyone in too early on this because I know, it's hard. There's like the disciple, like oh Brutus, God. the barber, like Ooh. as the disciple. Okay, so here's the thing with him and he doesn't even look like it. that's the weirdest one, because I swear I couldn't tell that it was like him.
2: Yeah. So here's like. the problem with this. When this <laughs> clown yet again riding Hogan's coattails, <laughs> of course, of course.
1: And he joined in February of 98, like right. way late into February the
2: game he is called the disciple he's dressed like the doa and his finishing move is called the apocalypse
1: now here's the thing i like i i had said before like he really didn't look like him he didn't he had a big beard and he was like (laughs) on the steroids again yeah i couldn't believe like somebody told me later like That that was him and i was like what like that doesn't even look like him at all but is that
2: worse than horace hogan horace hogan was bad i'm horace hogan i Horace thing. Hogan. Horace Hogan was Hulk Hogan's real-life nephew, folks. Yeah. And he is another guy, another Hogan crony, who was not very talented as a wrestler, <laughs> Horace, yeah. from the, uh... What the hell was that He was bald and a loser. I don't yeah. know what he was called. He was in the Ravens flock? Oh, was he? I think so, wasn't he? Horace, Reese, all those guys. I don't know. If he, Riggs. Wasn't, he wasn't Reese. Reese was no, Giant Ninja or whatever. <laughs> yes, yeah. No, the Yeti. The Yeti. But I mean, like, you know, he was in that group of people... And Horace Hogan... I'm Horace Hogan! The most famous thing he ever did was say, I'm Horace Hogan. Yeah, I'm Horace Hogan. And then Hulk Hogan attacked him, and it was funny. Yeah. But in all honesty... I have to... Okay, let's just stop there for
1: one second. Okay, we we need to start making moves here, I know, I know, but we've named a couple of wrestlers, right? Yes, we have. But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, we no. need to get into this for a second. What is this? We need to diverge here. Kyle Petty from NASCAR. Oh <laughs> God! And oh not only God! That okay. Win, yeah. There's actually worse. What? There's actually worse. What? Paul Gilmartin from Dinner in a Movie. Shut up! And Claude Mann of Dinner in the Movie. Shut up! The chef on Dinner in the Movie. No! Both these people <laughs> were in the NWO. It's real. I don't care. One night only member, they joined at the Clash. Like. Five or 35. 35, yeah. Oh,
2: God, Quinn. That's bad. No, 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 no. We can't put that in.
1: Can we put Kyle Petty, because yes. they were, like, big on that. Like, because he was, like, consistently in the NWO because he was driving the car every week. We made the deal, right, brother? We, we made the deal, man. Take the trade off,
0: man. This guy saw bro. me on TV a couple weeks ago. I'm throwing him a couple of punches. They said, come drive the NWO car. I said, I'm there, baby.
2: Yeah, you know yeah, what? Yeah, because like, this is where we went
1: from freaking... We were just talking wrestling before, but right. fuck, now we're talking race car
2: drivers. Yeah, okay. For number one, yeah. Kyle <laughs> Petty, the NASCAR driver. <laughs> it was for like a year. Yeah, <laughs> okay. For, here it is. Yeah. Die, die, die. <laughs> All right, so Kyle Petty for number one. Uh, now, whew, I have to say... Yeah? That Horace Hogan, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> telling you, I'm just saying, I'm Horace Hogan. Horace Hogan's not escaping my radar, Quinn. You <laughs> well, can...
1: I might be able to get him off your radar for another minute. What? Here. Remember when Stevie Ray
2: was like a leader of the NWO <sighs> black and white? Yeah, it wasn't like Brian Adams in that too, Crush. <laughs> yes. It was that era with like those guys that were in it for no reason. He was reason. the leader and founder of the NWO black and white. That was basically the jobber team, folks. So, yeah. So, basically, just a quick rundown of the NWO, real quick. What had happened? <laughs> is in April. Way, this is way down the line. Yeah. By the way, this is like in 99. In the spring of 1998, the NWO split between Hogan's Black and White and Kevin Nash's Wolfpack the Black and Red. But then there was like no um Black and White for a while, and they were kind of just jobbers. <laughs> and when Hogan came back in 99 and did the Fingerpoke of Doom, he was wearing the red and black again. So then basically there was that was the elite and then the B team was headed up by like Stevie Ray in <laughs> Stevie 99. Ray as the leader of a group. The worst of harlem heat yes the horrible one. yeah he's a very bad i don't wrestler. even remember
1: him wrestling much he just kind of stood around and like said shit like, and then he became a thunder commentator yeah remember that uh, <laughs> and like yeah, later, yeah oh man Stevie ray. Was, okay Horace, you want to know who was in that group which is really weird stevie ray was the leader and then the giant was in but they kicked him out like immediately yeah, he's and, too good for that though. and then kurt hennig mm. barry windham mm. vincent that would be Virgil, folks. Yeah, Virgil. Scott Norton. Oh, God. Scott Norton. Uh, Brian Adams and Horace Hogan. I'm Horace Hogan. The worst person in there is Horace Hogan. Even over Stevie Ray, though, like Stevie Ray was bad. I think Stevie Ray is like paramount. One of the worst things. For Horace Hogan. I'm Horace Hogan. What about NWO Elite containing Disco Inferno? Stop it. <laughs> But is that real? Yes. No. I, He's a founding member is of NWO. Endo- Disco in the NWO? Elite, no less. What elite? <laughs> the elite. The one with like Hogan, Nash, Hall, Bischoff, Bagwell, Steiner, Luger, Disco Inferno. Disco? Wait, David Flair was in that. <laughs> yeah, David Flair, Conan, Tori Wilson, and Rick Steiner. Rick Steiner? Rick Steiner. What? Wait, he was we- inducted by his brother, but never fully joined. Of course. Yeah. Can we get David Flair in there? Why is David Flair in the NWO? <laughs> There's so many David Flair? I think we gotta make like a list here. Okay? We got Horace, right? Yeah, we got Horace. We got like Disco,
2: David Flair, Stevie Ray, Wall Street, all those Wall guys. Wall Street, Disciple. You know who we haven't mentioned though? Who? Fake Sting.
1: Whoa, 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 what? whoa.
2: What? Wait, there, there are two stings.
1: Fake Sting what the hell with that he was around
2: for so long jeff yeah, farmer that would be the cobra folks he was useful for like one angle and they kept him for like two <laughs> he literally,
1: years literally like he was like there for one time and yeah it's insane like why was he there his for so longevity long? was ridiculous he would
2: like always job too i know they only needed him for that one angle i want to put him <laughs> in as number one just because I mean, he's number a big, two, sorry, yeah. loser yeah fake sting come on you don't like fake sting quinn <laughs> He does suck. Come on! He is weird. It's amazing that he made it into the video games. So fake, he did! Yeah, like fake sting. You want to put fake sting yeah, in Yeah, for number two, because again, useful for literally one angle. Yeah. Like, speaking of which, we were watching Halloween Havoc 1990, and they did a fake sting, which was Barry Windham. Yeah, that was another fake sting. <laughs> for the finish of one match. That's, yeah. how, that's how you use a fake sting right not for like three years or whatever <laughs> it was just hanging around and then he went to japan he was in nwo japan also <laughs> well we could go into nwo japan but there's all right for number two though yeah. fake
1: sting fake sting all right
2: die 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 what else we got
1: well this all this is all dependent on like what do you even think of nwo japan Like I think it's a, pointless because it's like okay so like the leader is like chono ugh there's Saito, sucks. sucks too. Uh,
2: Tenzan,
1: who is still a sucks wrestler too. to this day.
2: Yeah, I know. Scott
1: Norton, he's
2: good. Bagwell, st- oh, fake Bagwell, Sting, Muda. Yeah, but I think he was usually going by Muto when he was on it. M- uh, no, Muta, because he had the paint. Remember, wasn't it like NWO paint?
1: Yeah, exactly. Wall Street, six- <laughs> Wall Street, Wall Street was in NWO Japan. Can he? I <clears throat> he sucks. Can we just put him in? Like, yeah. I know Bubba yeah.
2: is like bad, but I can deal with Bubba. Yeah, He's better wrestler too. Yeah, but Wall Street, what the hell? Here's the thing when you're th- when you're talking about 1996 and 97 and and yeah. good WCW, the last fucking person you want to see is Mike Rotunda. Yes. Like honestly. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to ever see him ever. No one wants to see a Mike Rotunda match. Right. No one wants to see him being the NW. You know what the worst part is, and this is why we should put him in. What? Once he was contractually removed in April of ninety <laughs> seven, he literally wrestled as an anti WCW guy. <laughs> He didn't even like just switch back to WCW. He was like, like, "I hate WCW," it's like, but fuck this company, basically. But I'm not allowed to be in the NWO. <laughs> All right, I'll put him in for yeah, number for number that's three, bad Mr. Wall Street for number three. Die, 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 and we've got one more to go. Okay, so we have a couple
1: still to deal with that we haven't really even touched on. Sure what about Barry Windham like I don't why remember he, that you know, he was in the black and white remember that really no. garbagey one that one that I
2: told you the about the B team one like yeah that like really junky one what about when Jeff Jarrett was in the silver and black NWO 2000 yeah so I was just
1: gonna say Jeff Jarrett sucks Jeff Jarrett sucks he tried to like Bogart the NWO <laughs> as like his own thing when he joined the NWO he acted like he was like the first to do it or something <laughs> like you yeah, remember like, that? he was like the best like, he's the- like I am the NWO I am the chosen one! Get out of here! Like, no one cares about (laughs) Jeff Jarrett ever! Ever! (laughs) Like, seriously! (laughs) He tried to act like he was, like... Yo, there was the all those NWOs before that was shit. I am in
2: the NWO now. <laughs> you know what was bad too is that Bret Hart was in that. He was the co-leader of that. He was he yeah. You know I don't know why I'm joining. I think it's because of Vince Russo yeah. wants to do the new version of this. And then Goldberg kicked him in the head. Right. And then it was only Jeff Jarrett. But they, this wouldn't have worked anyway because <laughs> it's Jeff Jarrett. And Anything I blame, with Jeff Jarrett sucks. He he like, broke. Did you know?
1: A thousand guitars, never drew a dime. Exactly. Yeah. He
0: broke six thousand guitars, never drew a dime. Well, oh, he, I,
1: I would love to put him his, in his his NWO. Contained also Ron and Don Harris. If you because oh! because those are the kind of guys that would follow <laughs> Jeff Jarrett yes. to like the ends of hell. Like somehow TNA. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and also he had his own referee. Like, uh, not Nick Patrick, Mark Johnson. (gasps) Who? Yeah, that was it. He was in the NWO also. (laughs) Who the hell is that? But seriously, Jeff Jarrett is, like, one of the worst. Yeah. Because whereas Like where's like the disciple, exactly. for example, right? Yeah. At least he was in like the real NWO, right. like and Scott Norton, yeah. you know, those
2: guys. Bubba. Yeah. Fine. Buff Bagwell or yeah. something. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. Uh, he'll get a pass. Yeah. We'll give Bagwell a pass, because it actually did a lot for his
1: career. It did. He he really was floundering there, like yeah. a post-American males, you know. <laughs> well, who wouldn't? Uh, so. Wait, you know what was actually cool about that? Buff was actually a good addition because if you think about it, remember when he joined the NWO? they ditched rigs or something yeah, and so then it was like great. he went in raven's flock cuz like
2: raven broke his eyeball or something <laughs> remember when you <laughs> Remember when you thought like uh, Kidman was sick boy?
1: Yes. It was so <laughs> strange. Like year.
2: We could do a whole thing of like Ravens flock members too, but back to the NWO here. Oh god, Jeff Jarrett, because he dragged Ron and Don Harrison with him. That's what I was say. He basically
1: it's like the prototype of like a TNA version of the NWO. Yeah, it's like, a
2: shittier version of a thing that already existed and no one cared right. about it.
1: Yeah, exactly, which is TNA. Yes. Are we really putting Jeff Jarrett in o- over like Stevie Ray or something like that? Stevie Ray was the one of the
2: worst things ever. Yeah, but when Stevie Ray led the NWOB team, <laughs> I know. Jeff Jarrett ran over what Ho- was supposed to be. Oh, shit. Over Horace. Horace Hogan. I was Hor- just going to say. I'm Horace Hogan. Horace Hogan might have been the least important wrestler in the company during that period of time. And what about what's your take on Virgil? We, we kind of brushed over him, but like he was so like in the background (laughs) that it didn't matter. Yeah. You know, it wasn't. Yeah. Horace Hogan. I don't know. Is Horace worse than Jeff Jarrett? Ah, man that's really hard <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> Jeff Jarrett's such a ruiner like he ruins everything slap nuts like, and all this it's, shit it's, it's, it's no wonder that like WCW once they decided to position the whole company around Jeff Jarrett that it just failed Vince like, Russo uh, like, seriously yes. like I'm serious
2: Vince Russo I really think is the only person that ever thought Jeff Jarrett was good I just could never buy that he was, like, the leader of,
1: like, the... Like, at this point, the the NWO kind of had, like, a reputation of being awesome. Yeah,
2: and Bret Hart as the leader was fine. Yeah. But then Bret gets his head kicked, and now we're left with Jarrett? (laughs) It's like, no, no. Like, (laughs) Jeff Jarrett was born
1: to be a mid-carter. And not only just that, one other thing about this that's really stupid... All right. ...is that Jeff Jarrett's the leader, right? Mm -hmm. But you know who's under him? Kevin Kevin Nash Nash. and Scott Hall, like the people who are like the NWO, like the actual core. How the hell are they under Jeff Jarrett?
2: If you could see my face right now, folks. It's
1: so bad. Do you want to put him in? I have no problem with it. It's it's more just because why is he so prominently featured? as Russo loved him. But I mean, as a leader of the NWO that had nothing to do with any of these people. Yeah, it's true. Like when the NWO was formed, just to put this perspective, when the NWO was formed, Jeff Jarrett was in WCW with the strappy things on, and like he was with Deborah, and he was like
2: nobody. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, and then he went back to WWF, and then when he was the Aztec Warrior, the Wolfpack started happening, and then he switched to the Tennessee Lee. Yeah, and he missed the whole Wolfpack thing. Yeah, and by the time he came back to WCW, the NWO was dead. Right. And then all of a sudden it mattered. He's like, I'm the leader of the NWO. Like, what the fuck like, are you talking about? Yeah. You just
1: lost to China. <laughs>
2: yeah. Get the fuck out of no, here. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's it's mainly because he's the leader is probably the thing that yes. pushes him over the edge. If he
2: was just an ancillary
1: member in the background, <laughs> Right, like I can excuse the deceitful yes. or something. Because he's just he's like a horse. Yeah, then horse. They're just like goons who are there to like punch someone or something.
2: This guy should be the goon
1: yeah. that hits you with the guitar. Right. And never talks. He should be like buff bagwell level yes like that's what he should be exactly instead he's like hulk hogan
2: he was the world champion yeah all right for number four jeff jarrett are we in agreement yep let's turn those keys number four double j die 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 well we have we have a death valley consisting of kyle petty (laughs) fake sting right Mr. Wall Street, and <laughs> Jeff Jarrett. Wow, what a list! I think that's a <laughs> tremendous list. Any uh, anything uh, honorable mention, Quinn? Real quick, I just want
1: to add that
2: yes. we did consider all the WWF
1: incarnations. Uh, yes. However, all the NWO is in WWF. It's like people who were like in the NWO before. The only additional one is Shawn Michaels, <sighs> and that didn't last. And like, I don't even know why they did that. I don't know like, why And it's not like it like took Shawn Michaels down. It was no, just no, like no. him dancing around in an NWO shirt for like an episode of Raw. Literally, and most yes. of these. Believe it or not, there's seven incarnations of the NWO in WWF. But most of them are like one night only appearances like one at WrestleMania, like recently at 31 and one on like an old school raw or something. Correct. Yeah. So
2: so we're not really worried about them or Japan as much. But or they just consist of people we already talked about. So it doesn't matter. Other than Shawn Michaels. Sorry, we didn't talk about Shawn Michaels. It didn't matter that. he was You know, there. But folks, obviously, let us know your Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of NWO members. You can do that by reaching us on Twitter at OVP podcast. You can email us at at ovppodcast.gmail.com or do what all the cool kids are doing and go to the Facebook group. Go to facebook.com and type in our vantage point retro wrestling podcast. Well, Quinn, speaking of an era earlier where things are not so good anymore, we've got something to review. So when we come back, we're reviewing something. Back after this.
0: The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order.
2: hold Kevin Ansh The
0: Pinset. The Outsider. Limited Edition. Nobody else has one. You want one, get one now. Get your Outsider's set Only 15 bucks. Just call 800 and 242 That's right, the Limited Edition Outsider pin Set. First 10,000 people that get these will have them after that. Nobody will have any. Get your Limited Edition Wrestling Pin now. The preceding announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it.
2: And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks so much for being with us here. Episode number 57, Quinn. Yes. We're reviewing something. Yes, we are. And we don't have to go far for this one. Only over to the Manhattan Center. Yes. Very nice. Very close to our homes. Yes, it is. Uh, this one was requested, actually, by friend of ours, longtime supporter and friend of the show, Jimmy Borden. Wow, Jimmy Borden, going ah. back, like, 50 episodes. Yeah, there he is, the Borden man. Yeah. And <laughs> he wanted us to do, folks, something we haven't done. Monday Night Raw. We have not done oh, Raw. We have not done we Raw. We haven't done SmackDown either. But... No, we haven't. That's a good one to keep in mind. Yep raw is obviously war no but it's also their (laughs) flagship show quinn it's a show that still still exists the longest running episodic weekly wrestling wrestling show ever it's the longest wrestling show that wwf has done yeah that's about the
1: only claim they have they love to tell you about how long it's been (laughs) they're trying
2: to make like all these other statements but there's so many like um you know caveats that really it's not anything this is actually raw 24 Yeah, and by that, I mean the 24th episode. (laughs) Right. What are they at, like a 1,000-something now? Oh, more than that. Remember, Raw 1,000 was a while ago. Yeah. But this episode here by Jimmy Borden, his uh, recommendation was from July 5th, 1993, and there's a couple of points to make. I just want to set the context. We like to do that. Go ahead. The King of the Ring was their most recent Mm pay-per-view, June 13th, and at that pay-per-view Hulk Hogan lost the world title to Yokozuna. Thankfully. Thankfully. We did not see Hogan again until 2002 on WWF television. So this is no more Hogan. Nope. He's not here no more. And say what you will about uh, Hulk Hogan, but I will say this. It's fine that he's not there. No, 90- it's 1993. It's enough, dude.
1: I mean, it was weird enough that Hulk Hogan was on Raw.
2: Yeah, like once. Like, yeah, he like, was there. Yeah, He didn't wrestle, of course. Why would he wrestle? Well, but he-, he would never wrestle on regular <laughs> TV that you didn't pay for. But So, we obviously need a new hero here. Now, would it be Bret Hart? No, because that would make too much <laughs> sense. Why Why put the guy that
1: everyone loves as, like, the hero? No,
2: why would you do that? Put him in with Jerry Lawler instead, which great program. Don't get me wrong. It's not of the caliber that they were going to promote the next guy to. No, no, no. And um, the cold open here to this show gives us that caliber because mm-hmm. what we get is just a bunch of clips, no commentary of people not body slamming Yoko the day before on the USS Intrepid in right. uh, you know New York Harbor there. Mm-hmm. Then we get the classic raw intro. Love that theme. The, ding 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 The you know, siren. The siren, which uh, we'll get to here. Yeah. So as I mentioned, we are hosted from the Manhattan Center. We got Vince McMahon, Randy Savage, and Bobby Heenan. Rob Bartlett has been gone a couple months now. Thankfully, thank- yeah, thank God. You know, you might as well
1: play the siren right now. Let's-
2: Yeah, I mean, Quinn, you were very annoyed. You're like, is someone's car alarm going off out there? It was so overpowering. Like, it was, you could barely hear what they
1: were talking about. Like, not only do you have the fan noise in the background, but you have this, like, (laughs) blaring, like, siren, like, do, 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 over and over and over. And it's, like, entirely
2: too long. (laughs) Sorry, you're right. So, anyway... Of course, because this is 1993, and we are being ham fisted as all hell, yeah. <laughs> in, our, in the quest for a new hero. Vince throws us to the USS Intrepid yet again, mm-hmm. where someone is very poorly singing the national anthem, <laughs> and Quinn and I have deduced that that was actually Todd Pettengill. It had to be; there was no one else <laughs> there. <laughs>
1: Why would you? Why it's really bad. Way, can I say this about what Todd's wearing? Real oh, please, quick? please. He's got an American flag shirt tucked into his jean shorts yeah. with like Reeboks sneakers, yeah. on mm-hmm. and like socks that are going way too high up the calf. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: Do you think that those sneakers were um the Reebok pumps that maybe? You they up, I mean,
1: Todd was like Mister Early Nineties. He was. Whereas, like I like to consider like Howard Stern, kind of like the '90s guy. Yeah. This is like an
2: Imus like culture
1: yeah like <laughs> meanwhile Todd is like you know he's more in the vein of like fresh Prince of Bel-Air kind yes of exactly it's
2: like Zubas yeah that era yeah. slap bracelets Yep, you exactly know, the different colored popcorn remember mm-hmm. that pop secret I think really, it's called really stylish sneakers <laughs> so anyway just to set the context again we are on the deck of the USS Intrepid is July 4th the day before America's birthday of course America's yeah. 217th birthday that oh. would be well good for you Big one yeah you yeah. know that you know that thank you well math to celebrate you know mr fuji has decided that his japanese charge who is really a Samoan, who's really an american pretending to be a Samoan, who was pretending mm-hmm. to be japanese he's decided that you know this guy's fat right yeah. yokozuna the world champion yeah very fat and that's that's why he's so evil because yeah. he's so fat so fuji's like you know what you try to slam my yokozuma <laughs> and that's what we're doing here. So anyway, <laughs> Vince thought he was so good yeah, with all he of this. He really did. He thought this is the best angle ever.
1: It's insane. Like, they're acting like he committed a heinous crime by, right. like, winning the championship. Like <laughs> From Hogan. How dare he? He's not an American, and only an American should be the world champion. It's a world oh. title. Anybody should be able it's to have true.
2: it. It's true, and, you know, this is one of Quinn's favorite topics, and we've talked about it before, but it's true. What, he's not allowed to not be American? Yeah. What the hell? What kind of world title? is this
1: like I'm assuming they were mad about this when Ivan Koloff was the champion too it's like how Share a non-American have our world title. Wasn't Bret Hart the champion recently? Yes, and they didn't even complain
2: about that, he's which Canadian. was really weird. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. So we get a few clips here. I'll Lee Rousen, who doesn't uh, yeah. slam him. Neither does Bob Backlund. Yeah, well, no one thought that was going <laughs> to yeah. happen. So Or like Peter Tagliatelli from the Pittsburgh Penguins or some shit. <laughs> or Scott Burrell from the Charlotte Hornets. He's the funniest, though. Yeah, yeah he just doesn't even try. He he looks at Yoki okay, and he's like, nah, never mind. Yeah, it's like, I'm not throwing my back out for this <laughs> (laughs) Shit. (laughs) So then uh Big Papa Dump himself, quinn Scott Steiner. This is the weirdest one, right? Because Big
1: Papa Dump, like, even in nineteen ninety-three, he's like Jack. He is like he looks like the strongest person that out of all the people, even like later on when you find (laughs) out who it is, it's like he looks like the strongest person. Yeah, this guy'll
2: do it, sure. Yeah,
1: and he goes to pick him up and he doesn't even like make any progress. It makes him look like he's like a fly. Yeah. Like it's like, (laughs) what? Stupid.
2: So of course Fuji's laughing. (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha 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 ha. Right, right. Yoko eats rice
1: <laughs> and i like that he just like oh i'm even fatter like let me eat right. some food you might as well just like
2: bastion booger should have come out with like candy and just like <laughs> fed him the funniest part though is that vince like acts like yoko is doing the worst thing ever by eating rice
0: look at this i couldn't big. believe it chopsticks in hand eating a great big bowl of rice
2: yeah are you kidding me oh my yeah. god really he's yeah. really eating rice? Right? like well, yeah
1: technically i would say this it's there was like a ref there like, to officiate yeah, this. Yeah, Earl Hebner. Shouldn't he have not allowed that? Because technically, if you're eating more food, you're making yourself heavier. How like, much heavier is a few rice cream? I'm just saying. He was
2: eating with chopsticks.
1: The agreement was to slam him, like... After he got in the ring, not after he ate a bunch more food. Quinn, a few
2: mouthfuls of rice, and now all of a sudden, that's going to put him over the top. Joe, here? that was
1: a big bowl. That was at <laughs> least like
2: one to two pounds of rice. He ate about forty-three like grains of it. <laughs> anyway, Tatanka now comes down and he tries to beat up Yoko I to soften hate, him up. I hate Tatanka.
1: Uh, This is the biggest bullshit ever. Why? First of all, why is softening him up? Is that going to make him less fat somehow? (laughs) Like, is that going to make it easier to pick him up? That's a good point. Because he's like jumping all over the ring, like he's like going to the top rope, tomahawk chopping, and they're like they're saying like he's softening him up. What? That's a really good point. That's not going to do anything. You still got to pick him up.
2: (laughs) You're really mad about this. It's stupid. You don't like Tatanka. No, but I also don't
1: like the idea of like
2: beating him up is gonna make it easier to slam him. Well, it certainly doesn't because Yoko sidekicks him and then leg drops him, (laughs) and we we were laughing. Yeah. So now who do we get but Bill Frelick? Remember him from WrestleMania 2?
1: This guy loves to appear on wrestling. He just doesn't go away, huh? It's insane. It was seven years earlier. (laughs) It's like he's their go-to like
2: (laughs) sports guy. (laughs) He's gonna try something. And of course, he gets a leg up, and that's about it. Yeah, why did he do better than Tatanka? And Scott Steiner. And, well, the Scott Steiner
1: is even <sighs> worse, but a- by any of the wrestlers, why did he do better than them? You had a good point. You said it looked like he almost broke kayfabe there. Yeah, I thought, like, maybe the whole time, like, nobody was supposed to... They right. obviously know they're not supposed to, yeah. so they're not really The trying. wrestlers aren't going to try. But Bill Frelick's like, fucking I'm really yeah. going to try to do <laughs> yeah. this. And, like, he, did like, he not know? Yeah, he <laughs> might have thought this
2: was a shoot. <laughs> He, like, thought it was, like, a real contest. Because he does get a leg up. And, you know, Quinn had had a theory when this started that because Todd was there, that's why it was in New York and PLJ had something to do with it. And I was like, "Eh, I don't know about that. So what do I see, of course? PLJ banner.
1: (sighs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure, like, they would not get, like, this prime real estate because when the Intrepid comes into New York, if you know anything about New York, it's like a big tourist attraction. It is like usually they wouldn't give anyone space to like do a show or something. Good point. You
2: know what I mean? Todd used his connections, right? It must be
1: like he must know someone in the city and Mm -hmm. they made an arrangement and then that's how they got this. That's
2: not a bad theory there, Michael. So anyway, we get Crush now. Now, Quinn does not like Crush. I'm more forgiving of Crush. He sucks. Okay, so Crush does the best we've seen thus far he gets him halfway up but then his back yeah oh my back <laughs> I would slam you bra on my back yeah so who's the last one Randy Savage <laughs> this is a weird
1: one like Randy Savage who as much as I love the macho man yeah. He's not known no. for like being a big strong man. No, 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 like, no. He's just a good wrestler. Is so that, how does that make him good at picking up fat people? Especially, uh, especially 1993 shirt. Yeah. Randy Savage. Well, not only that, announcer. if you notice, he has like a puffy tuxedo
2: shirt yeah, underneath. really He doesn't stupid. even take
1: his coat off no, to try to do this. It, this is all
2: bullshit. Yeah. Is a, you know what's weird though, too? As Savage is like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Bobby Heenan has appeared on the apron. Right. Which is odd because
1: on commentary, because they're commentary from the raw desk. Yeah. Like Bobby's (laughs) doing the con, he's talking.
0: If there's anybody in this WWF that has more determination and more guts that would want to slam him more than anybody. That's the man right there.
2: Yes, like while you can see him in the frame and they don't acknowledge it, of course, no. but you know who's not talking obviously is Savage right over it to try to maintain the continuity S- Savage actually like knows what's up. Bobby <laughs> yeah. just doesn't give a shit yeah. at this point, but I don't know why he's like he's like consulting with Fuji. Yeah, he's trying to like make sure that like Yoko doesn't get slammed or something. It's really, really How strange. How is anybody going to make sure he doesn't get slammed? Oh, it's, no. it's
1: it's it's, a, it's He's fat, right? He can't control it. It, you're either gonna
2: pick them up or you're, or you're not. not so basically savage does nothing and now vince says america's been humiliated quick. why like you it, couldn't pick him up but why because why is you- japan has a fat guy and we don't is that what it is trust me this is america we have people fatter than Yoko <laughs> yokozuna lying around <laughs> and that folks is your true comment of the day <laughs> yeah. so we've got one more <laughs> and folks if this feels long it's because it was. It's we're like, like eight minutes it's into ridiculous. Raw. It's like a big portion of the show. So you now you know how we felt. But I will say one thing, Quinn. This whole segment is actually the low point of the show. Yeah. If you thought we were going to be trashing this Raw, Borden. Yeah. This is actually a pretty good Raw. Pretty but good. We still have to get through the rest of this crap, though. <sighs> so Luger arrives via helicopter, of course. <laughs> Cause, really? Cause I mean, he, he, he might as
1: well have just, like
2: drove a motorcycle and yeah, like launched right. it the right. it. like
1: just so dramatic <laughs> what, what he can- he's why is he not like in the contest he why can- would, didn't he sign up for it he just like <laughs> yeah, fuck it i'm fu- getting a helicopter and showing up
2: <laughs> you ever heard of a cab yeah
1: <laughs> what the fuck the subway who there rents what, a helicopter are we are we to believe that the intrepid's not docked and it's in the middle of new york
2: harbor yeah like, like he needed to take yeah. a helicopter yeah how did everyone else get there then exactly uh, so anyway Vince loves it it's like yes! yeah oh my god now you got to remember something folks the last time we had seen Luger on TV if I'm not mistaken actually was King of the Ring when he was still doing his full up narcissist gimmick narcissus you mean yes with the mirror and the posing yes. and the heel yes and he fought uh, Tatanka to a 15-minute time limit horrible right and uh, <laughs> we haven't seen him since then mm-hmm. so he's still got his narcissist hair He didn't get the haircut yet that he had a little bit later. But he's now all of a sudden Mr. USA. Max Luger and Vince is putting that over you know ad nauseum of course Mm -hmm. so on his way to the ring he shoves Bobby out of the way so they
1: actually do do a smart thing there because he that's how they're writing off that Bobby isn't like kissing his ass anymore correct he shoves him out of the way Bobby's all sad about it of course because why we have to always like crap on Bobby in 1993
2: have to (laughs) never can
1: get any like (laughs)
2: anything so Luger gets in the ring he makes fun of Yoko for being fat, basically.
1: There's nothing wrong with America.
0: What's wrong with America is blood sucking bitches like you and overstuffed sushi eating rice chocolate, you call a chicken.
2: He's like, You're an overstuffed sushi or something like that I don't know what he says not only
1: not only does he that he's, he's like a big
2: racist yeah of course and, well it's America and <laughs> <laughs> he also calls Fuji a cancer and a leech and whatever else why like, because he's like trying to like make it in America yeah isn't that what we're here to do
1: like, isn't Lex Luger probably, like, from an immigrant family, like, every person in America? I mean, honestly, look,
2: it's not like Fuji is a savory character or anything. No, but
1: he's, um, you know, he's it's Japanese-American, I mean, he's just a heel. Yeah.
2: <laughs> he's not nice, that's all. There's Americans that aren't nice
1: either. Listen, on the levels of heel, I feel like Fuji is kind of, like... Neither. in the middle
2: yeah he's, he's middling not, he's not like he throws fucking condiments at you yeah. that's like the worst he gets by this point <laughs> yeah. like literally that's the worst he gets the, he throws salt at and you He can which- barely walk that's true he's like an old man so of course here luger throws him out of the ring unprovoked yeah that's stupid that's not nice yeah, that's really not nice or fuji yeah Yoko now tries to attack him so, so of course, that was
1: okay I'll give some credit there Yoko did yep, try to attack
2: him he did so Luger hits him with that loaded forearm mm-hmm. the steel plate because he's got to soften him up to pick him up <laughs> but this time it works Yep. he slams him and of course Earl Hebner declares him the winner why do they need a ref for this like <laughs>
1: he, it's one of those things that's like if someone body slams someone it's like apparent that yeah, they did. It. it's I not know. like it's like is it a full body slam a half body slam is that
2: like why the ref is needed to it's, see if it's like a real body slam earl clearly is looking for the proper rotation you right. know and everything like that and the proper <laughs> landing stupid anyway finally thankfully as vince beautifully oversells this and you know, as uh, only yeah. vince mcmahon can do Luger had it. Woo! Woo! Had the impossible. we go back to the manhattan center and we see uh, the commentators and nearby is bruce pritchard next to them which means quinn yeah. Conrad Thompson's got to be lurking he's somewhere. He's got to be somewhere over there, yeah. <laughs> so Savage says damn a lot.
0: We are all damn proud of you!
2: As the <laughs> Beverly Brothers music hits. They're still here. See, I was so excited about that, but it's actually just Blake. <laughs> <laughs> that was the unfortunate part. Yeah, We're like, where's the other one? We're like, yeah, the Beverly's in July 93, but it's just Blake Beverly. <laughs> he would actually linger around for another month or so. Yeah. So he's facing Quinn the 123 Kid, who's very new at this point. Right. He has just uh taken Razor Ramon's money mm-hmm. the week or so before. Remember when he like went in a
1: car yeah. and like he like went behind the building and stole yep. the money? That was bullshit. That was bullshit. Because like, I don't think he even beat him, right? Like that in that version. He didn't
2: beat him, he yeah. ran away.
1: Yeah, he Shirk. just stole the money. So he's um he's facing Blake Beverly. I'm gonna say this about Blake here. <laughs> okay. He at this point K fob or whatever, <laughs> like he is not like a complete jabroni. You know, I Blake mean, Beverly, but he was part of a tag team that was like not jobbers. Like, what? that's what I mean. When were so, they not jobbers? What do you mean? They they'd oh, beat, they'd beat people. the
2: Bushwhackers. Yeah,
1: they would beat people like, come not in 93. I'm just saying, like, why is it believable that the kids should beat him? Maybe it was like Bushwhacker
2: Luke or something, but they're on the same level. Blake Beverly and Luke yeah, slightly higher. Now, folks, I am very glad you've tuned in to listen to this interesting discourse on Blake Beverly. Yes. Only here on OVP. Tell your friends. So anyway, kid comes down. He shakes Vince and Randy's hands, not Bobby's, of course. (laughs) Cut away the commercial. Come back to a nice shot of the ceiling there at the Manhattan Center. Mm -hmm. Quinn, you've been there several times, actually. Yes, I have. Uh, The Ring of Honor shows. It's a great little place. Yep. Nice little hall there. And then Joey Morell is the ref, of course, as we get started. Blake looks like shit, by the way, I just have to say. huge
1: gut. He (laughs) clearly doesn't care. He he also has chest hair which he didn't have like when he was in the team yeah that's true which means Vince probably like hates him because (laughs) you know how vince is like oh big muscles orgasm over the muscles no chest
2: hair you know all that oh god
0: look at that mask
2: you know what's interesting though quinn this guy, Blake Beverly, is one of the most important figures in WCW's history. Right. Because in a few years, he would be the man mauling his opponent. Yeah. He mauled his opponent. That was the last word spoken before Scott Hall, like, stormed it. That's him. right. And wrestling changed forever. Yeah.
0: We are taking a look at the mauler
2: completely maul his opponent, Steve Dalton. Here, though, looks very greasy and pudgy. So. <laughs> Just for the record, well, he's got one more thing left to do in history. Yes, that he's out exactly. So. That he doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so kid kind of kicks his ass to start, but then Blake takes over and struts around. He does like the heel, like I'm better than you. The kid mm-hmm. sucks thing. Slaps him around on the outside. Wanders around on the outside. Throws him back in. Does a running headbutt. Blake is literally now doing this move where he picks him up and just throws this him ridiculous over like, the top rope. Like Bobby says, like taking the garbage out. Right. And I said Bill Watts would have like a <laughs> huge problem with that. And.
1: Mike Enos would be heading over soon to the WCW where that rule still existed.
2: It did. It was like so long until like ninety five or six, yeah. Like right? how
1: was that? Like how did nobody ever say like this isn't a thing anymore? <laughs> like they, and I don't think they ever came on screen and just because when the cruiserweights came, they couldn't. They really, couldn't, Yeah. They were like, how can we even have this rule anymore? But like they, they never, never said o- it. They never officially said it. You're in, right. Because I
2: remember there was early cruiserweight matches where they were like the the referees showing leeway or something. <laughs> just because. How yeah. are you going to do wrestling and they end of the 20th century, like yeah. the late 90s, and have that fucking rule? Yeah, it's insane. Ridiculous. Anyway, side back into a corner power slam by Blake, a cover, but he lifts him at one, you know, the arrogant heel yeah, thing. And, and now we know who's winning. We know because, who's winning. Hey, there is yeah. some reasonable doubt because I thought, the kid didn't win all the time yet. Right,
1: exactly. I thought Blake had like a reasonable shot of right. winning here. Like at least a 40% chance, yeah, maybe? Yeah,
2: something. <laughs> so Blake ducks a moonsault, which is interesting because that was one of the kid's mm-hmm. finishers at the time and he kills him with a short arm clothesline Jake the Snake style and yep. then a flying shoulder block to the outside. This is long, it's by the way. It's a good match, and it's though. good. It's a decent match. It really is. I swear. It sounds I... like it would suck. It's good. The mauler is doing great here. And one thing that we noticed about Waltman here, not that I'm surprised because we just saw him last week as the lightning kid. In GFW, right? Yeah, before he started really getting injured all the time, his neck, his knee mm-hmm. and stuff, he was so good. Yeah, he's, he's like a secretly good in
1: 1993 and 1994,
2: he's like secretly like one of the best people in the WWF, period. He like, really he's was like actually that good. And you know what's proof of that? He had that match with Owen Hart at King of the Ring. Yes. It's like it's like three minutes, but it's I,
1: really good. I always think of that because that match, you always tell me, Hey, it's three minutes, and like I don't
2: remember it being three. It, yeah. fe- it felt like the greatest match ever when I, it was happening. I know. And then a couple of weeks later he has an all time great raw match against Brett mm-hmm. for the world title. Yeah, he's Remember awesome. What?
1: Yeah, he's like literally one of the best people he's in the company. Really
2: good, and his knee injuries and neck injuries, and then drugs mm-hmm. later slowed him down. Yeah. But he was awesome in the early nineties. I'm
1: assuming he got addicted to painkillers. I would think so. The injuries he had received
2: would probably you would need painkillers. I think that's what it was. I yeah. don't want to speak, you know, for yeah. sure on that. But he's I think clean you're right. now. Actually, yes, he they, is. They, that's
1: why they he's like in the company. Yep. Like they actually like well we'll employ you as long as you're clean. And as long he, as you're clean, yeah, and now he works for them. It's kind of a happy story. It is. Because yeah. he was a dad. I'm
2: good wrestler. I'm very young here too. 21 years old. Yeah, I recently
1: heard an interview with him. He's a really cool guy.
2: Actually, like he's he's actually he cleaned up and he's cool now. It's good to know. Yeah. Very good to no. know. So back to the action here. We go to the outside and Blake misses some jump off the top and eats the apron, eats yep. the canvas, eats the floor, whatever <laughs> you want to call it. And kid with a corkscrew dive, you know, from the top to the <laughs> yeah, outside. What the hell? This is 1993. Freaking awesome. Yeah. Blake is like half dead, but he fights back inside the ring with a back play and up top Blake misses a splash and kid wins with a top rope leg drop. What a match. This was great. I what really, really mean good it. match. It like, really yeah. was. Yeah. That, I would say
1: that was like three, three and stars. Half. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not four, but yeah,
2: it was like three and a half tops. Yeah, maybe three. Which is
1: good for Raw. It's good, it's a good yeah, match! Yeah.
2: <laughs> Blake can't believe it, of course, he's lost. Then we get a Men on a Mission promo. This is the one where they show ghetto clips, but then they're in front of a green screen, like, in the subway. Yeah,
1: so okay, I said this to you, like, I
2: love the whole, like, New York City subway, like, it looks
1: dark and gritty yeah. and cool, right? Right. The problem with Men on the Mission is, like, look at what they're wearing. <laughs> like, they're wearing, like, purple striped
2: yeah, jumpsuits. They have white like, hair.
1: Here's the problem. It's like Vince didn't, he thought like, okay, I get it. Rap is cool now, right? Like, great. Vince gets that, right? right? Yes. But he it's like he saw the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. There we, we go again, right, but right. he didn't like realize like Tupac like and yes, Big E existed or anything and sure. like that was the hot thing by 1993 and 4 and stuff. Even if he could have like done NWA like Easy e somebody, yeah, you know, an he, Ice
2: Cube give me something. He
1: picks the exact wrong like out of place now yes. by 1993 did like and play yeah like he picks the wrong rap <laughs> right <laughs> why were yeah that's a really good point like men on a mission would have been awesome a if they were gimmick. like a gangster rap yes guys. they like, would have been that would have been so much cooler
2: Heels, yeah they came in and just killed
1: people yeah that would have been great. And they would actually do it in ECW with the gangsters. They
2: did. Yeah. Well, Smoky Mountain actually first. Yeah, well, and then they came, was that. That. they came
1: to ECW in 95.
2: Mm-hmm. So anyway, they're on a mission, which yep. I don't know if they ever accomplished their mission. If, if their mission was to be very bad wrestlers and weigh down the main event scene in 1995, then mm-hmm. yes, they accomplished it. Yep. Thank you. So Lex Luger uses Icaproquin. Oh, does he? Someone had to. Well... <laughs> Uh, you've got to want it
1: i still don't get the whole IcaPro thing they oh, just went through a trial right right like to like that vince was selling steroids so hey well, they, let's no make, they were going to they didn't they do it yeah either way this was like happening
2: yes, right? zahorian definitely is my
1: point is and what do they do it's like here's this muscle milk <laughs> like why would you do that like why would you point out like that
2: that's a really, or maybe they're trying to be like, look, we don't use storage, we use this stuff that we make. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I, that might be a little too self-referential. Just, there. I just
1: don't think it's a great; it's not a
2: good look. Let's put it that would way. Nineteen ninety-three. Right. I would say they would; they should have shut up about yeah. it. Pretend that WBF hadn't existed ever. Right. Pretend Eikopro never existed. <laughs> yeah. Not have Lex Luger be your main
1: guy. Right. There's so many problems with like everything going on right now, as far as like politically is concerned. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: But. WWE figures are still around And we've yeah. got Hogan With no shirt <laughs> Right That
1: was weird Because it like The series one Hogan For some reason <laughs> It's
2: not It's actually like Series whatever Five seven? or something Yeah I don't know yeah. Where we are The Randy Savage one With the white coat And the I hat I hate that I one hate I that hate that figure this the stupidest figure Because you can't do anything Like this. the tassels They're like hard Yeah the tassels are bad Yeah So then uh, Luna and Bam Bam Are in a corridor that you've been in? Yeah, I've definitely
1: been in that quarter. So every stairwell in the Manhattan, it just looks all the same. It's like a pink wall, like fire hoses, like every floor. Right, and I right. could like, tell exactly where they were when I saw the, like, they were literally in the stairs that are like the emergency stairs. Right, tank. I got you.
2: Now, is that the same venue where Harley Race cut you in line? Yes, that is the same venue. Just making sure. So we get our next map here: Bam Bam Bigelow. Mm-hmm. With Luna versus jumpin' Joey Mags, Weird. believe it or not. Yeah. ECW fame. <laughs> jumpin' Joey Jobber, right yeah. here. You know what I'm saying? Oh! Tim White is the ref. This is a squash. Bam Bam literally <laughs> kills him in, uh, I don't know, 12 seconds. Well, this is because the other match was, like, way too long,
1: and yeah. we had, like, all the Lex Luger <sighs> on the intrepid bullshit, Jeez. so it's like, they have to, like, squeeze all these
2: matches in. Yeah. Now, Bam Bam doesn't even use his finisher. That's how much he doesn't give a shit yeah, about this, this like, guy. Bam Bam, go, like, just, we don't have time for this. Just, just, like, just kill him. He literally beats him with, like, two avalanches in the corner. Right. That's it. Like, one in one corner, one in the other. Mm-hmm. Dead. You're done. Yep. Bye. Bye. And it's basically just to remind you, hey, Bam Bam exists, Luna exists, they're right. together. And this is like post Sherry, I guess. I think so, because they were setting up for SummerSlam. I think they were going to go for like a mixed tag. Who was Sherry going to tag with? Tataka? Tatanka, Tatanka. Okay. yeah. Because remember she was like his almost manager, or yeah. Something, but not WrestleMania really. nine, I remember mm-hmm. that. Yeah, that was stupid. It was stupid. So I think that's kind of what they were going for. But I think Sherry had just left or was just about to leave. So good,
1: <laughs> <laughs> she went on to go do cool yeah, shit in ECW, ECW, like right after this she with Shane Douglas. Shane Douglas.
2: So anyway, we get an all-American promo. This squim was not your favorite version of the show, no.
1: Because okay, so it's got the good like Bobby and and Gene. Gene and all that crap, right? And you think in theory that's good, but they're in front of the green screen the whole time and they're kind of like way past their prime with the jokes. They are. Like they're not really that funny. No. And like the matches on that
2: show were so bad. Like that
1: was like all American when all American was essentially like
2: Action Zone or something. Basically. You know? you know, interesting enough, that's the time slot that Action Zone <laughs> yeah, inherited. so there it you go. It was all American. Yeah, it was pretty much pointless by 93. I mean, you had Gene and Bobby, but the green screen, like, oh, we're in New York! But yeah. it's a horrible green screen. Yeah, yeah, they are definitely not ever anywhere. No, they're just in Stanford. They had
1: this motif where they were traveling America, right? Yeah,
2: and Mars. Don't yeah. forget Mars. Oh, don't forget that one <laughs> time, yeah. Mars? That's impossible, Bobby. Anyway, Quinn, you want to go to our next match here? Sure. Alright, it's shrink or Sam Samu, mm-hmm. Just Samu with Alpha versus The Undertaker. W-
1: what is this, like, night of, like, half-tag, <laughs> like, half-of-tag-teams fight? Yeah, it's fair. And
2: for who wants to see a Samu match, honestly? Yeah. But anyway, this is interesting. The lights are off for Undertaker's entrance. That was wow. really new yeah. at the time. I didn't realize, like, how new this was because they're, like, flipping out. Yeah, the announcers are very funny about it. I don't know if it's the first time or not, but it's definitely early. And Vince is like, someone's messing with my wallet. Someone screw up my wallet. Someone's fooling around. The lights are back on, and Bobby's, like, ne- under the table yeah. near Vince.
0: Bobby, he didn't get up from there! Get up! What a coward! Well, i leave that!
2: Anyway, Undertaker has no Paul Bearer and no Urn. No offense, the Undertaker never needed Paul
1: Bearer. Yeah, what do you my, what do you say? Because he's an undead zombie. <laughs> he's, like, unstoppable. That's like, true. I get that this whole Urn is his power source thing, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. like, did they even need to introduce
2: that? I, th- I like that touch, though, didn't you? It got got lame after, like, a year. Did did Brother Love have the urn? Or was that only introduced with Paul Bearer? It was with
1: Paul Bearer. Like, he definitely didn't
2: have the urn. He was just like,
1: and he was all happy, and he was, like, stroking his coat. What's weird is is his manager's at ringside, so The Undertaker, theoretically, he could have, like, just pulled out, you know, Brother Love to, like, sub.
2: He should have, actually. That would have been a great little touch there that they would never do, but that would be really (laughs) funny. Anyway, Undertaker tries to wrestle like Sean Waltman like a drop down this is weird and then he botches a leapfrog He's doing wrestling. Yeah, those. like a
1: drop toehold?
2: Yeah. Samu Bell to the outside. Vladimir, or as Quinn calls him, Hugo. The yeah. super fan is here, by the way. Uh-huh. You know Vladimir. Yeah, well, The guy with the Hugo? glasses, yes. Yeah. He's at every show, like, yes. ever. Yes, <laughs> For, <laughs>
1: He's still there sometimes. He like, I saw him goes at, like, stuff. a
2: Raw recently in, like, the New York area. Yeah, he's all old now, yeah. but he's still there sometimes. So, anyway, Bobby says, according to his sources, Paul Bearer is in Mobile, Alabama. Yeah. Now, this was, of course, during the era where... unfortunately... Mr. Hughes was around, uh, and him and Harvey Whippleman and um, Giant ugh, Gonzalez conspired. He yeah to steal the urn, and Paul Bearer disappeared or something. I don't remember. Did they so this is going. Up?
1: This is going back to the chloroform thing at WrestleMania Nine. Basically, it's a little post chloroform. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I just mean it's the part fact of that, that it's yes. like rooted in that.
2: Yeah, in like, the Giant Gonzalez feud from Royal Rumble. Oh, yeah, that's still ew. dragging up. But Mr. Hughes is Wait, now. Is
1: Giant Gonzalez still employed by them? By the like, yeah, whenever they fight this is? at SummerSlam. Oh God! I forgot Remember? about that. Jeez! I barely watch. I've always told you this. I barely watch SummerSlam '93 because I like hate it. It's so good. It's the ending that I hate. I hate. You are missing. I hate the ending. Sucks. Yeah, I used to rent that tape a lot as and a turn kid. it off at the end. And then, like after a couple rents, it's one of the rare tapes. that I'm like, I never want to watch this ever again. I love again. it. Like, you I really I hate, don't like I it, hate it, huh? it? Yeah,
2: I, I get not liking the ending. Anyway, Undertaker is a dropkick. Is this a rib? This is what I was thinking. I was thinking, okay, yes. this might be a rib because the oh, Undertaker. No. We might have been like hey uh samu sam whatever yeah. let's let's go out and wrestle because weren't they in that fucking bone street crew Don't click together bring up the bone Street. what's your problem with that now
1: <laughs> because everyone had like such a problem with the click right they'd always be like the click are assholes and blah 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 but it's obvious to me that this bullshit bone street <laughs> crew definitely existed prior and not only that like every picture with them looks like crap it's like paul bear without the makeup on and like a shitty t-shirt <laughs> and like they're, they're all like fatting it up together
2: like yeah. yoko's in it i think yeah the godwins yeah, all the samoans awful. mr
1: fuji it's a terrible thing and i am why did I, no one ever give them a hard time Yeah, why do they never get shit because they clearly had some kind of influence because i don't remember ever seeing the undertaker having a job to people Ooh. you know like what the hell? Don't act go. like Sean was weird for having a crew
2: <laughs> when this other crew exists. This bigger crew, yeah. and this less talented crew, right? At yeah. least like Michael's crew had talent, yeah. except Nash. Nash is talented, but yeah, but they could
1: have influence because they could back it up in the ring. Right? The Undertaker's like learning how to wrestle <laughs> in this match, <laughs> and yeah. they're gonna go crap on the click. Fuck the Bone Street crew. I never want to hear any accolades about the Bone Street crew. They never made like a Bone Street crew like in K Like the click was so cool that they just made it in real life, like with DX. <laughs> well, I guess the Undertaker had the Ministry of Darkness, but I don't Stop, think Stop, that's not that's I don't- not the same. <laughs> there was no was there Bone Street crew members in it?
2: No. Well Phineas was in it. Yeah, that's true, Phineas. Okay, <laughs> could we please Yeah. Undertaker with the old school rope walk, which back then was just called school. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Big clothesline by the Undertaker, but he misses the second one as Alpha. Uh, or sorry, as Samu ducks, and then he stalks Afa, Undertaker does on the outside, and Samu attacks him from behind. What's the problem with Afa? I don't know. But of course, Randy Savage would like us to give Samu credit. You know that was one of his phrases. Well, I think give Samu's, him credit. Yeah, I think Samu's doing decent. He's carrying this match. You're show. pretty impressed there. Big body slam by Samu. Well, because um,
1: the Undertaker's botching shit, and like <laughs>
2: Samu's like trying his damnedest to make him look good. You're right. Back in the ring there, uh, Samu is doing some good moves moves there big side slam a headbutt undertaker yeah. can't sit up you know why no yeah. urn great no urn so stupid Sam- <laughs> I, I
1: i still i don't think the urn was like a necessary
2: diversion i don't know i, I kind of like it i'm not gonna lie he gets his power from it he's undead like yeah. what power the green spew Remember when it was, like, green?
1: It's so unexplained. Remember it was also a flashlight? Yeah, I, it's so unexplained. Why? Yeah, why sometimes it has the spew and sometimes
2: it has light? Like, and ashes. The- in 91, it just had ashes yeah, in what it. The,
1: what the hell is it? And I always thought that it really, what they should have said, is by the time Kane came along, that they should have said all along, it was, like, Kane's, like, face ashes in there. That's wait, wait, so wait, wait, much point. better.
2: His face didn't get cremated.
1: No, but it got burnt.
2: So it's yeah, like, that wouldn't fill like, the entire urn. No,
1: but it was, like, the remnants or whatever. Who keeps face ashes, Gwen? Well, because he feels so bad. Remember they, how he, like, felt all bad? It's like a reminder of his, like, big fuck-up, like, burning down Paul Bear's house. Why
2: would he want to remind himself of that? I No, because so
1: that he, like, doesn't do it again. <laughs> and why didn't they say The Undertaker, like, there's so many problems. Just let me divert for two seconds here. Why didn't they say The Undertaker, like, that's when he died? Like in the Oh, fl- and now he's
2: undead. Yeah. But Kane he- just got like horrifically like hurt. Well, because originally Undertaker wasn't undead, he was just like in impervious to pain like he was like a, an actual undertaker. An undertaker but it was really a mortician yeah because an undertaker usually just wears a suit and like says hi
1: however it like morphed into a zombie so
2: right but I that just, was purple taker was more of the zombie Yeah, but
1: by the time we had the zombie is my point is that we had the cane angle where they explained all this stuff right and they don't like they should have said like he died in the fire and that's why he's undead and Kane was the one like dealing with the consequences in real life is all I'm saying
2: that's heavy you heard it here first folks that, that's a good story it's a good story here. but too on bad the undertakers retire them never talk about it yeah, ever that's again true so anyway Samu hits what I think is his finisher the flying <laughs> headbutt because you never see him win a singles match yeah I think that's his finisher though and he goes up again for it but the undertaker now sits up and hits him with an awful choke slam oh man big tombstone though does get the win you have a problem with that quinn
1: yes because it shouldn't work because samu's a head shrinker a samoan guy and their heads are, are hard impervious to pain just like haku so a tombstone should literally not work like this was the time for him to have the last ride as a finisher <laughs> yeah right because right. it's like at least he would have something to beat people with head you know imperviousness yeah. or whatever mm-hmm, fair
2: yeah So then we get a very annoying WBF Mania promo. Like, it's uh, so 1993. It looks like a tape Joe would make for me. Thank you, yes. Todd Pettengill is the worst in it. Like, just the awful voices. I don't know what that character is. He's just a big kid.
1: Like, he just sounds like
2: a fucking idiot.
0: It's excessive excitement caused by acute hyperactivity.
2: Anyway. Fuji and Yoko make their way down the ringside here. Vince really gives it to Fuji. Like, ha, 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 you know, <laughs> yeah. you got slapped, ha, ha, He's so happy. And he thinks this is, like, the greatest thing. <laughs> People are,
1: like, chanting, like, USA. Because of
2: course they are. Because that's what you do. Vince is, you know, like, ha, 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 And Fuji's like, nah, he cheat, he cheat. And I ask, how do you cheat at picking up a fat person? Good question. Yeah, I've never tried. There, there's no cheating. Like, <laughs> so Fuji does say it wasn't a body slam; it was a hip toss. And Vince is all upset now that Luger was denied the title shot. But I yeah. want to know why should Luger get a title shot because he had a 15 minute draw with Tatanka a few weeks ago? <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense. And he picked up a fat guy. That's all you need to do to get a title shot is and, pick someone up. Well, he saved America, Joe. <laughs> so Bill Fralic could have gotten the title shot, is what you're telling me? Wouldn't that have been amazing? Yeah, kind like, of. I would have seen that actually. Yeah, Bill Fralic's revenge for WrestleMania two Battle like, Royal yeah, loss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So Yoko says the only Japanese words that he knows are uh, yosh <laughs> that and bonsai. Yeah, that is real Japanese though. <laughs> yeah.
0: But- That's yeah.
2: all he knows. Vince is so proud like he thinks he's got the next Hogan on his hands because he's got like 400 people chanting USA. This is stupid because anytime you attack the country, of course, like
1: anyone's going to chant you. Yeah. That doesn't
2: make him over. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And he really wasn't. It was like a force fed, like by default, by like proxy, he was kind of over because yeah. he was facing Yoko. It's just like Roman Reigns. Yeah. Well, Roman Reigns is much better than Lex Luger. Yeah. It's just like diesel. Also though, I snuck that in Fuji says anyone else can have a title shot though, but not Lex Luger. So out wanders crush and he's got a crush tank top on over his crush tights yeah that was stupid a, a tank crush. top over a tank top <laughs> he's a real winner that crush he is he has to of course put over lex luger because that's what we're doing tonight is putting mm-hmm. over Le- he's always like that's a good brother yeah i like hey, that brother bro. bro. hey, t- but i want title match who is he batista i want my rematch yeah <laughs> <laughs> i want the title match brother For
1: no reason like he didn't slam him no. like at least the guy that slammed <laughs> yeah. him like should get it i know you were arguing against i it. know but at however least...
2: like he actually did something crush lost he did He did. I'll give you that. If anyone has some kind of an accomplishment, it's Luger. Yeah. At least he slammed him. Right. Crush didn't do shit. So anyway, why wouldn't Crush just call him Master Fuji? You had a very good question there. Yeah, so... He was his former manager. That
1: is his master. Yeah. Like, Demolition. all the way back, if he's going to keep calling himself Crush like he's in Demolition, he needs to give his props to his master. <laughs> Instead, he's being all disrespectful here. And it's weird because only like a couple months later,
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he would just be back with Master Fuji again. And he would call him Master Fuji yeah. again and wear purple. He, he was better then. Sure. Yoko just looks indifferent about the whole thing. He He's like, "Yeah, give whatever. a shit." I don't care, it's whatever. Crush, like, who cares? I know, and you know. So next week we're gonna get Yoko versus Crush for the world title. And you had a great question, Quinn. Do- doesn't Crush get his ass kicked? Yes, I feel like does. I remember this match. This is what puts him out of commission for a while, and then when he comes back, he has uh, Fuji yes. with them. Okay, that that is what leads to that. Okay. Absolutely is. So then we get a really weird SummerSlam '93 promo. It's like the TV is just like. This is a good event, and it's Mean Gene. You know what's weird? It, like, explodes
1: on the TV, but the explosion is also around the TV. Like, why would the TV have the filming of itself exploding. I, I, like, that was weird. Did you see
2: that? Yeah, the whole promo was weird. Because yeah. Mean Gene's doing a weird voice. Yeah. Everything about <laughs> it was off-putting. And it's Mean Gene because it's, it's Mean Gene. Yeah. He's leaving soon. Yeah. Anyway, we get somehow another match here. I don't know why they even I put this on here. It's Mr. Perfect versus a jobber. They don't even say his name. Yeah. No one cares. He looks like Ronnie Garvin's fake brother with chest hair and yeah. mullet. And Perfect basically puts his gum on one of the Rosati sisters' glasses. What I do What
1: was this? Like, what 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 the hell even was this part? I don't know.
2: The whole thing is a squash. The perfect play gets the win there.
1: It's literally punch, 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 perfect plex, win, and like, bye,
2: everyone. Pointless. And then to end it, of course, we get highlights of Yoko getting slammed. Cool. So overall, though, what was interesting about this Raw that I thought was going to be worse and you thought was going to be better, Mm -hmm. I think it basically, (laughs) we had, it was good. Yeah. It was just good. Near the end there, it was a little... The beginning was slow because you had, like, a 10-minute recap of the Luger angle, and the end was a little amp. But you know what was good? Those two long matches were fine. Yeah. You know what? It was, like, the opposite of a
1: shit sandwich. Yeah. Whereas, like, in this case, the bread was the shit. It was shit bread. It was shit bread, but the meat was good meat in the middle. So would you say it was, like, pooper nickel? (laughs) yeah sure thank
2: you Uh, so yeah overall I mean the wrestling was actually good the real wrestling matches the two longer matches were fine right the uh, Blake Beverly one two three kid match I can't believe I'm saying this classic was like really good yeah the Undertaker Samu match was decent it was okay two stars whatever. whatever and the two squashes were extraordinarily short yeah the Fuji stuff with the, that was whatever and I the, hated that yeah and, and the package was and I just hated so just long. the pandering to Luger like right. the whole show right but overall I'd actually have to say this was not that bad of a show no it's fine and we want to thank you Jimmy board for the suggestion and folks as always of course do not hesitate to let us know if you want us to review something have a Rushmore suggestion anything like that and you can do that by going to our website ovppodcast.com and fill in your suggestion on the suggestion box you can of course follow on Twitter at OVP Podcast, you can email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com and join the group if you haven't yet we would love that yes please join there's yep. all the fun over there all the fun shenanigans if you'd like to donate you can go to our Patreon patreon.com slash OVPPodcast There's some cool rewards tiers, live video reviews, all sorts of crap. Yep, there's some up there already, so you can sign up today and get it. Go check it out. And as always, we'll be back next week, the 20th, for episode number 58. So have a great rest of your day. Have a great rest of your week. We will see you next week for more retro wrestling goodness. See ya. Oh, say.